ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 67 of the Whatever Show. Uh, we are all the way to 67, which means we are firmly into our Twilight years. Yeah. 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 Uh, except for this is still a better love story than Twilight. Uh, oh, did I miss my cue? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we did that joke in the first episode, that we cut out, or the first part that we cut out. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Um, Star Wars this week. We've got lots of Star Wars news. We've got some more Rogue One talk, because Matt went and saw it again, uh, as you do when you're a huge Star Wars nerd like we are, but I, I, I didn't get to. So, uh, but I think I'm going to have time this next coming week for you know reasons we'll probably talk about off air, but whatever. Um, Leia is a Disney princess, or should be. That's coming up on the show. Uh, Mark Hamill reads uh, Trump's tweets, and it's even better than you think it is. Uh, I put that in Star Wars news mostly just because it's Mark Hamill related. It's not Star Wars related at all, but you know. No, no. Uh, and, and, and you know, he probably does go in the Star Wars section. It's fine. It is it's right fine. between Star Wars and, and DC, to be fair. Yeah, so. I'll sim link it down in yeah. the DC column. It'll just go to the same place or something. Yeah, there you go. Uh, DC, we've got some new uh, good news coming out of the CWverse. All of our favorite shows are back. Oh, I gave, the, I gave it away. Um, Constantine has new life at the CW. That's actually kind of interesting, which we're going to come back to. Top 25 Batman the Animated Series episodes. I'm excited, and hopefully I won't have to argue about that too much. Uh, we're going in without protection, too, because I haven't read this yet. Ooh, that's ballsy. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Hugh Jackman talks about Deadpool. Um, Doctor Strange coming to a, th- a home home near you soon. And you know what? Believe it or not, we read our fucking comics this week. Some of them. Some of them. We didn't read them all. But we I did read a couple that Matt told me to, and so we could discuss them on the show. So all that and more is coming up to you after these messages from our no sponsors. All right, so uh, we're going to open up with uh, Star Wars stuff, yeah? Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about Rogue One again, because I went and saw it. And we're probably going to be doing that, again. I'd say, periodically until, uh, you know, uh, until we get tired of talking about comes it. out. Yeah. 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 Um, so I made a statement either last week or the week before that Eddie, Eddie said might be controversial, and that statement was that um, Rogue One is Empire good. Y- you know, I said it might be controversial, but I don't disagree. I stand by that statement wholeheartedly after after watching it a second time. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Few things, few things that I um, that I knew were there but didn't notice the first time through when I watched it. Um, number one, I did see Blue Milk's cameo mm. right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I yeah. caught a couple of things. Um, so I, I watched, yeah, I don't know, like a half dozen Easter egg. Uh, sort of things on YouTube since I haven't gone and seen the movie a second time because I also kind of want to know what to look out for. Um, and there's other there's lots of cool cameos in there. Chopper, if you're a fan of the Star Wars TV show, the Rebels TV show, mm-hmm. cartoon on Disney, um, he's in there. And actually, another thing I didn't know, Saw Gerrera is part of that series too. Uh, I don't he I think he's in there, but I think he actually comes from the Clone Wars, um, which is also another new thing. Um, that or that's that's something that's happening fairly uncommon now, which is uh, characters making the jump from from uh you know the tv properties into the movies uh the same thing actually technically happened with general grievous but those were in the movies that uh we don't like to talk about yep and uh the hammerhead yeah the hammerhead's dope as shit too that that came from rebels as well yeah i like that um specifically though some things that i picked up on this time around that i didn't and i don't think we talked about this very much but um that opening scene not the opening scene but when you first meet uh modern saw guerrero mm-hmm um, man, when you look at him, he is like Bruce Wayne's Oliver Queen. Like he he is to Darth Vader what Oliver Queen is to Batman, because he is 
mostly robot and has a funky breathing apparatus. The only thing that guy isn't is a Jedi. Like, you know, that's actually kind of interesting too, because he'd also be probably a little bit more leaning on the dark side than 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 the light. Which is, um, this is one of the themes that I I kind of I have been thinking a lot about with the um you know since rogue one has come out which is that uh with the new hope empire you know the original trilogy um we're kind of it's kind of basically like your most black and white good guys versus bad guys sort of fight you know like the the empire is clearly bad the rebels are clearly good there's no mishmash no in between uh but then we have rogue one which opens up with uh one of our our you know quote-unquote good guys offing some dude so he, he doesn't talk yeah who's even an ally and then, of course, we meet Saw, uh, and he he's obviously all fucked up. So um, there, this movie adds a lot of gray. And it turns out it's not, you know, like those plucky upstarts who just run off to fight the Death Star. Like, they couldn't be asked to do anything until uh, um, uh, uh, Jin, Jin, you know, basically co-opted a team and decided to go take on the, the whole they Empire herself. They commandeered the vessel and took yeah. off. Yeah. Um, watching this, was, uh, not that it wasn't fun the first time, but watching it the second time when I already knew it was going to happen, everything like that was kind of interesting to me because I did kind of get the opportunity to um, try and maybe look beyond some of the main plot points yeah, um, and see things uh, a little bit more clearly. And one of the things that I noticed, and we've talked about this before, but the Empire has a serious lack of safety protocol when designing anything, right? Oh no! You need to know. You need to make a backup. Sure, throw your grappling hook up there. Climb up three or four stories. Extract the thing. No big deal. Well, no rails. We we talked no, about this in the past. There's no handrails no anywhere, like except for except for tiny ramps that aren't even like a half a human tall. That yeah. maybe Palpatine has to walk down. You know that meme. Uh, you see that meme where that's like a, a bunch of guys. There's there's guys giving a presentation. A guy's giving a presentation to this boardroom, and uh, he says something that makes too much sense, and they throw him out. Like I always pictured that with the Star Wars universe. Like somebody out there was like, "Hey, maybe we should put handrails up." I mean, it it wouldn't cost too much. We're already building a whole fucking Death Star, and they're just like, "No, get out." It, it's weird. Like there, there was the ramp that I mentioned before that had a handrail on it. And then, like, the only other thing that had, like, any kind of guardrail around it was at the end of Jedi when, when spoilers, when Vader threw the Emperor down the pit. Yeah. Because he had, had to, to lean against it. A after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's weird. Um, but the other thing, too, is on Edu. Yeah. Uh, during the whole uh, rebel attack on, on the, the Edu base when uh, Galen or so met his demise, right? How did Jen get up there? By climbing up a like two thousand foot ladder, yeah, like <laughs> not even an enclosed ladder. I don't think just, no, just a fucking ladder on the side of the no. Thing. That just goes seemingly to nowhere. Like yeah. you don't know how far down it goes. It seems like that galaxy is is very strongly based on the idea that like uh, only the strongest survive. Sort of like uh, Darwinism. Darwinism. Like uh, just go ahead and take the labels off of everything and let the problems work itself out. It, like not a lot of clumsy fucking guys in the Star Wars universe. I would expect. Any anything accessible, like anything important, should only be accessible by climbing like a giant shaft. Yeah, like yeah. like you were talking about earlier, like with the with the data. Yeah, yeah. Th- their IT policy leaves a little something to be desired as well. No, I think I'm going to build one of those at work. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you like, should. We, we need to we need to have a contractor come out and tell us what it's going to cost us to drill like 500 feet down below so we can just yeah, create I, I just need a giant silo for uh, yeah for i just need data. a server silo and uh you know if if anybody can actually climb down there and get the data they're welcome to it that would be my policy yeah yeah um what else you got on rig one anything uh i saw it with my family this time yeah so that was pretty cool um what the girls think 
They liked it. They liked it. Um, Emmy was trying to talk to me. God, just heading into the third act, Emmy was trying to get my attention, and only she was like two people away from me. Yeah, because I had Natalie on my right, and then Casey, and then Emmy down on the. So you were just like, stop pissing off everyone else in the theater. Well, yeah, like the other <laughs> six people there would be like, hey, keep it down. But um, yeah. Uh, the other part of me that was just like, man, okay, so she's got things she's going to want to talk about after this. That's cool. I can actually like, you know, bounce yeah. some things off of her and maybe impart some knowledge on her and whatnot. Right. So we get home and I was like, Hey, what did you want to talk to me about in the theater? And she's like, Oh, I was just going to ask you if I could have some dots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's too perfect. Yeah. You know, it, it tends to be that way. Whenever you get all, all aspirational thoughts about what your kids are going to do, they tend to do the opposite. Like pretty much. I just wanted candy. Yeah. They they only they only tend to drop the really cool stuff on you when you have no idea it's coming. Yeah. 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 So um the Saul Guerrero comparison to Darth Vader was funny because I was talking to to the wife about it and she was like, Wait a minute, you didn't catch that until the second time around? Because that's one of the first <laughs> things I noticed. And I was like, Well, fuck off. You know, I kinda did, but I didn't draw as many parallels uh, um and uh, kind of until you mentioned it. Like the the obvious with the apparatus, the, that's the obvious parallel, which they kinda tend to do. Um but one of the things that I probably should have been a little bit more attracted to was the idea that the characters we've seen like that so far, which are primarily Darth Vader and uh fucking Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. um they're they're obviously the dark side. You know, so Saw is not Saw's uh, um supposed to be fighting for the rebels but you know his means and methodology obviously are not what we'd consider a typical light side you know good guy sort of thing so uh, you know that's one of the things that i think we're really going to look back in five or six years and appreciate that uh, rogue one has done for the star wars universe which is really add some gray area to the rebels and and you know that's i think one of the complaints that people have sometimes about star wars is it's a little too good guys versus bad guys um so i liked seeing that and and you know it'd be actually kind of interesting if they go even further with that and they even kind of did that a little bit with the force awakens you know, making Finn, you know, a stormtrooper who are all supposed to be bad guys, you know, a, a, a sympathetic, you know, figure. And, you know, of course, you know, turn him to the light. And then we had several, you know, Empire defectors in, in Rogue One. So I, I like that they're adding that bit of gray area because that's one of the things that, you know, in, in a sufficiently sized organization, um, it, it's nobody's, you know, that black or white uh, for, for the entire, you know, organization. Yeah. Yeah. Any sizable swath of a population is going to have, you know, some some uh um you know tolerances and intolerances you know depending on that kind of thing so here here's another piece to um to add to this whole thing too and this ties into the force awakens as well but um when i watched the force awakens one of my first thoughts was man it didn't take very long for the new government to fracture because it didn't seem like the first order really had to spend a lot of time trying to regain power and whatnot no um but Rogue One kind of shed some light on why, and that's because the Rebel Alliance was fractured from the get-go. Like, you know, starting around the time of A New Hope and everything, like, they couldn't even agree on whether or not they wanted to fight the Death Star. Yeah. You know, so... That's another interesting thing, too. Um, the Empire still had sizable amounts of power at the end of uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. Granted, no Emperor. Granted, no Vader. Uh, and they just took out the rebuilt Death Star. Um, but there's a fuck ton of people. There's a fuck ton of people still involved in the Empire. It's not like they blew up the, you know, the, you know, the home world, and it's not right. like there is an Empire home world. There's tons of fucking Empire guys looming around. So presumably somebody sees power, and I'm guessing that's where Snoke comes in. But um, well, see, in the expanded universe, uh, which would be like the books starting with, um, you know, Timothy Zahn's heir to the Empire and whatnot. Yeah, it was speculated that the Emperor 
um, was legitimately so powerful that he was exuding um, control. Interesting. Over most of the Empire the entire time. So once Palpatine was destroyed Lots and that the hold Empire wasn't fragmented. there, like the, the Empire fragments, because he was he was kind of um, manipulating the chess pieces the whole time. And once given you know their own devices, they, they couldn't do it. They didn't yeah. have the strategic advantage anymore. So um, that's probably not where they're going with the Force Awakens and whatnot, because um, it's they're they're doing their own thing and telling their own story. Um, but yeah, it it just the Rebel Alliance wasn't as cohesive as we were led to believe through the original movies, um, because like you said before, it was, it was so black and white. There was no gray area. There was no like the good guys were just the good guys. There was no politicking. No. Yeah, you know, no infighting or backbiting or anything like that. So, yeah. Uh, also, K two S O. Everybody still loves K two S O, and um, me more so than ever because man, K two is the probably one of my favorite additions to this thing uh, ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about our next piece of Star Wars news. Uh, there is an official petition to make Leia a Disney princess. Yeah, and a quote unquote official Disney princess because apparently. One of the stringent requirements to be in a Disney princess is that you must be animated. Interesting. Uh, doesn't her CG appearance in uh, um, Rogue One technically count? And that's what I told Casey. I was like, well, I think she meets those criteria now. And secondarily, uh, Princess Leia transcends Disney princess. Some, like, uh, it would cool. They should do it. But she, she will forever be the princess, I think, of when somebody mentions that word. Yeah, man, because Mulan wasn't even a princess. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, kind of some bullshit. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's cool, but it, that's kind of some bullshit. It wasn't even Princess. Yeah. Yeah, they can do it for Leia. I'm just saying, Disney, get your head out of your ass. Um, that's only going to help you in the long run. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, there's not really much we can talk about on this one. It's just, it is what it is. There's a petition to, to make it happen, and, you know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. They might not, because Disney kind of still has that reputation being like, well, she wasn't our creation, so fuck that, even though we own it now. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Redheaded stepchild. Yeah. Um, okay. And what I can only imagine w- was a long and protracted battle. Uh, Matt managed to best a Sith Lord this week. Uh, Details? I don't, I don't even know how that happened, actually. Yeah? Um, essentially, Natalie had a dream. Uh, and the gist that I got out of it, because, you know, she's four. Yeah. Is that there were stormtroopers. And her and Casey had to hide in the bathroom from the stormtroopers. And I killed all the stormtroopers. And then I killed Lord Vader. That's the most badass thing that I've ever heard. Uh, in first off, way to go, Nat, because uh, that that's just super cool. Um, and secondarily, like she must think you're something. I mean, she right? she must like you, I guess, a little bit at least, because uh, because you know you fought off stormtroopers and, and and beat Vader and then beat Vader. Yeah, yeah, as you do. Just a little tiny destruction of a Sith Lord. I mean, she's seen me own Vader like he's a bitch on Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. So So maybe maybe some of it comes from that, but <laughs> that's still close enough. Um anything else? No? Just the one? Okay, fine. Just, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, next piece of news is Probably one of my favorite favorite things I've I've heard uh, in quite some time. Um, if you follow Mark Hamill on Twitter, which you should, he's at Hamill himself. Uh, tweets a lot of fun stuff actually, um, and plus it's Mark Hamill, so why the fuck not? Uh, you need to listen, or you you've seen this, but or heard it rather. Um, but this is pretty great. Uh, Donald Trump's uh, uh, tweet to ring in the new year. Mark Hamill uh, uh, reads it, it, it as the Joker. Yes. So. 
it really doesn't get much better than this. It is so amazing. And and then and here's the thing. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but once you hear it, you're going to just assume that that's how Trump writes all of his tweets in that voice. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, just go listen to that. Maybe we'll cut into the show. I don't know. Do you think he'd sue us? Hamill? Yeah. I think Trump would sue us before Hamill would. That's true. <laughs> he probably would. And I'm all right with that. He'd be like, listen to these guys on their podcast. Sad. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. What's he What's he going to do? I don't know. Uh, okay, so let's move into the DC universe now, uh, slightly. Um, well, actually, no, this is full on DC universe now. Uh, yeah. Because you know the, the 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 nice bridge, the nice segue here was Mark Hamill, who of course has a hand in both Star Wars and DC. But we're not talking about that anymore. Um, we are talking we could, about. If you want, it sounds like you really want to keep talking about Mark. I Hamill. guess. <laughs> I just like him so much. Um, no, we're going to talk about the CW verse, the CW TV, um, DC TV universe. And the good news for us fans that, you know, watch that shit every week is that all the shows got renewed. Um, so Supergirl, Legends, Arrow, and The Flash, of course, all got renewed. And Supergirl, not surprising to me because no. the season's been so much more solid than season one started out. And how are they going to buy that show and, and do a half a season of it and then be done with it? You know, like. Well, they've done a whole season. No, I mean, that's true. We, it, it was a full we, It order. just hasn't been on since. Since, uh, you know, sometime in December. Yeah. The dark times, as I like to call it. Um, you know, we're in the dark times because there's no CW TV There's right nothing. Now. It should be coming back fairly soon, though. I think I think TV comes back uh, probably next week or something like that. Uh, the 20th. Oh, the week of the, the week after the 20th because it's like it's not on until after my wife's birthday. But that's balls. Um, here's here's what I think is cool. Like, like I said, I wasn't surprised about Supergirl. Um, Arrow. Not surprised. But I'm kind of at this point because of how good the season's been so far. I'm 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 happy. Give it till the end of the season. I might change my mind. Yeah, you know, because that's they've done that to me before. But Stephen Amell actually, um, you know, went to social media, put up a picture of him and, um, you know, that guy that helps him out a lot. Dig, um, dig, yeah. <laughs> Whose real name I can't remember, and I apologize. Um. Basically thanking the fans and just Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, David Ramsey. Gordon? David Ramsey. Yeah, it's David yeah. Ramsey. And I to say uh, Gordon. And yeah, he's right a now. chef. That yeah, swears he a lot. Does. He does. Makes some wicked. Good David might swear a lot too, but I don't know. That would be really funny, actually. Um, but uh, Stephen Amell being uh, his humble self is always just basically thanking the fans and and talking about how lucky they are to have gotten to to the point where they're doing six seasons and all that good stuff. So that was cool. Um. The one that I was worried about and on the edge about was Legends of Tomorrow because it's, it saw some of its lowest ratings this season. And then they ordered additional episodes um, mid before the mid-season. And I was like, man, that could be a bad thing because sometimes they just have a story that they want to finish. Mm-hmm. And that means they're not coming back next year, but they did get renewed. So yeah, you know, I, I have to think they got a bit of uh, they got a bit of a rub from the um, the crossover. The crossover, yeah. Uh, I, I bet that picked up pretty significantly after the crossover. Um, and I think that they they've got room to grow. I think that's a slow burn type of show. Um, it it doesn't have any you know really big names. I think um, that draw people in necessarily the way that say the Flash the Flash does. Um, or even, you know, to a lesser extent, I think Green Arrow. If you say Green Arrow, I think there's enough people who kind of will be cursorily familiar with that and they can actually go, you know, check that out. Um, but Legends, 
just doesn't for the most part. Um, yeah. So that's still pretty cool though. Um, and I think that's big for those guys. I, I'm glad to see that keep going too. Cause you know, that, that gives us pretty much a full week. We got a full week of shows to watch almost. So, yeah. and uh, another tangential news, um, supernatural also got it renewed. I think for, it must be it's 36, the Oh, 13th. 13th. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just the thirteenth season of Supernatural. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think at this point, like we can just expect that they're going to be chasing ghosts and demons and you know beating the devil when they're Man, like sixty four or something. Here's, here's the thing: I don't get tired of that show. I fucking love it, and it's, it, it, it's got. I think that's the thing. I think that show has a very devoted fan base that just is. It's enough to keep it going, and uh, more power to them. And it, it really, a lot of the times, is the characters and the on screen like dynamic between the characters. I mean, you've got, um, uh. uh Jensen Ackles and uh, Jason Padalecki are the are the two main guys, but then like they've built this whole world around it. So you brought Misha Collins in to be uh, Kane uh, Cass, the angel. Yeah, and he he plays it so fucking dry. I yeah. mean, like one of my favorite cast moments, and I think this is like way back in season like four or five or something like that. But um, Cass calls Dean on a cell phone, and Dean's like kind of giving him shit on the cell phone, and like the quote is. It's not funny, Dean. The voice says I'm almost out of minutes. <laughs> Excellent. And yeah. that's that's just the kind of humor that that character like brings to it. And then now we've got um uh god, he's the king of hell. Um not Satan. No, you know, no. you you'd think, no. but not. The boys have beaten Satan like uh, two or three times at this point. Crowley. Yeah. Crowley's his name and he's played by Mark Shepard and and who's fucking amazing and mark like, mark shepherd you might recognize uh firefly fame um of course he he uh played good old badger yep. in like the, the, the weird the irish two or three episodes yeah that he was in. dude but and you know sam and dean walk into a room and he's hello boys yeah and, but he's totally totally evil but yeah he's kind of like this 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 most recent season him and him and castiel have been like partnering up and so they're kind of like an angel and a demon like fight crime you know they're because <laughs> they're trying to track down lucifer for yeah. their own selfish oscar, reasons oscar but, and felix all yeah. over again yeah and that's i like my side of the room on fire well i like my side of the room uh not on fire yeah 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 so anyway we, i think that's probably the most we've ever talked about this show but it's pretty fucking funny and um i'm happy to see those guys get another season out of it because jesus christ i, I mean at this point that they, they uh i think they've said somewhere along the lines that like they're trying they want to get to 300 uh, which you know that that's as laudable a goal. Now, yeah, you know they might as well go for it. Um, Ackles uh, originally um, was on uh, Dark Angel with Jessica Alba, uh, mm-hmm. especially season two, and then uh, Smallville. He was in season four of Smallville um, yep. as Jason Teague, and his character actually was written out of the show um, at the end of season four, and that's because that's when they picked up Supernatural and whatnot. But yeah, he cool. he had auditioned originally to be Clark. And was I think pretty high in the running. I think he Tom Welling probably just barely edged him out for it. He, uh, you know, he's got the jaw for that, if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I mean, his hair's too dark, but that's not a problem you can't fix these days. But or too light, I mean. But um, I, I always want to say that he's too short for the role because Welling's six four. Yeah. Um. And then he's on the on Supernatural. He's partnered up with Jared Padalecki, who's also fucking a Huge. giant. Like yeah. his nickname on the show that Crowley always calls him is Moose. <laughs> so. <laughs> perfect yeah moose um, and squirrel yeah so that's that's good news for the cw verse and for a lot of the shows we like uh and you know now i've got and, and even more that i'm never going to catch up on supernatural coming my way so 
Yeah. You ought to try it one of these days, though. I, I do. I kept an episode here or there. It's just so far it hasn't gotten to a point where it's really, like, sucked me in. Like, I think I'm only probably a little bit past Midway Season 1, which is still very much in the... Um, Monster of the Week. <clears throat> Monster of the Week sort of format, which uh, it's just very 2005 of them, but that gives you an idea how long this fucking show's been on, because I think it originally came out in, like, 2004 or 2005. Uh, well, 2006 would have only been... 10 years ago so it would have been 04 at least yeah 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 it's been around um more in the cw verse black flash is headed towards the cw um you want to tell me about that i didn't read this one yet um i didn't really read the article either uh just we just make this shit guys no <laughs> we don't have time for article reading uh, uh well i don't think there's really much that needs to be expounded upon here black flash obviously is kind of like the uh dc's version of the grim reaper uh, for speedsters especially but I, I think that's the thing yeah. about the black flash is that the black flash himself is a speedster yeah and so i mean i think we've kind of hit the speedster jackpot like this is this is the last one we got savitar and and then apparently we're gonna have the black flash as well it's probably gonna tie into the savitar storyline it'd be my suspicion yep and it looks like he's gonna cross over multiple shows so i don't know if they're gonna get anybody to play him or if he's just straight up gonna be a cg monstrosity um in much the way that savitar is thus far uh but he's gonna appear across shows so that should be interesting yeah yeah we and we are man we we usually usually you have to actually have been in the show for a while to to get a deal like that like malcolm merlin had to wait what fucking five seasons before he got to (laughs) got the multi-show yeah deal but i'm wondering though uh you know, this is kind of a thing with the Flash. I think we've been talking about this a little bit. They're burning through speedsters like nobody's business. Like when are they? You know, like I kind of thought that season two or especially now season three was going to be the one where we get away from the the speedster uh, dynamic. You know, speedster on speedster dynamic of the show because you know we're three seasons in and so far every season Barry opens and every episode Barry opens up with my name's Barry Allen and I'm the fastest man alive and he's totally fucking wrong. He's been wrong every single time. Well, I think by the end of every season, he's faster than whatever villain <clears throat> he fought last time. He is. fought last yeah. time. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen if he's faster than Savitar because Savitar seems to move so quickly that nobody can see him except for a speedster. So that'll, that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, presumably Barry could slow down, but um, we're, we're very quickly moving to like Ultra Barry where he can just basically, uh, you know, make the speed forces bitch and, and like mo- the superpower. Uh, overpowered Barry does in a lot of the comics, so yeah, I don't know we'll, how we'll would that to actually you know. talk about uh, the Speed Force and what happens when a Flash moves too fast when we get when to we Titans. Get to the, the yeah, comic section, yeah, 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 yeah so. that was so good. By the way, um, we're gonna have to come back to that for sure. Yeah. Um, so Black Flash, yep. CW, that's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. You know what else is gonna happen on CW? What's that? Constantine. I didn't. You know, actually, I read ahead, so I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, you know, I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, but if you want to read ahead as well, you can go to whatever.co slash 67 and you can find all of our show notes there. Um, I always put them in the podcast, you know, description thingy too. So if you got your podcast player open, just scroll down. It's there. Uh, probably not while you're driving though, unless you like to live on the edge. Yeah, I don't recommend it. No, it I don't want good. anybody. Here's the thing. I want people to, to, to be as much into whatever it is we are. Um, yeah, and by that I mean wait till the very last minute and then scrap together a whole bunch of show notes the day of the show. Yeah, and then yeah, you know, no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, we work really hard on this diligently, day in and day out. Uh, but I don't want people to die or kill other people because they're trying to read our shit while they're in the car. But think of the clicks we could get on that. I know it. Small podcast, whatever. He uh, manages to kill you know family of three or something yeah. like that. See, that's the thing. The mom and the dad don't really give a shit about, but I don't want to kill kids. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe it's like a weird like polygamy thing. Maybe. If it's like in Nevada. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Uh, this is a weird tangent. Um, <laughs> Constantine. Uh, we we started, I think, with this. Constantine finds new life at the CW. Sort kind of. of. Yeah. yeah. So what's going to happen is uh, we're going to get, I think, four to four or five episodes that are going to be about ten minutes long, and they're going to be animated. Um, we do get Matt Ryan back though, as as the voice of Constantine in this particular case, and they are going to be um, totally related to the whole Flaro Flash Arrow Legends that the CW verse. It is going to be firmly embedded in that in that reality. You know what I think? I think they might be testing the waters on this. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, they it, because the other a, the other piece of this news too before and I don't mean to cut you off. No, we'll we'll come back go, to that. Go. But the other piece of this news is that they also acquired the rights to the original series from NBC to stream on the CWC streaming network. So so yeah, so that, that's going to whet our appetites. I, th- I think they they they're trying to pull some Netflix shit. I think with the the whole um uh they did the same thing with the uh. Young Justice on Netflix, actually. Young Justice was uh, canceled after two shows. Netflix bought the rights to it. Um, seasons. Put, oh, yeah, two seasons. Canceled after two seasons. Netflix got the rights, put it up the thing, and, you know, basically let a little birdie out that said, you know, we'll see how it goes, but, you know, we're thinking of making a third one. And, you know, now they're making a third one. So uh, I guess if you want to see Constantine, more Constantine, you should probably check out this animated shit or stream on the CWC, the, the NBC ad- adaptation. Um, I've watched the first few episodes of the NBC show, um, and the only reason I haven't watched more is because I, there's so much fucking other shit on right now. And it's kind of hard to it's, pour yourself into a show that's canceled, and, and it's not, you know, don't get me wrong, I think it's pretty good. Actually, that part's like a easy. Firefly, sort of. That piece is easy to do for me, because I'm just like, well, it's 13 episodes, <clears throat> like, I can, oh, yeah. I can just bang this out. The problem is, is trying to stay caught up on everything else, and then even this break in between regular, you know, TV I've been gone, uh, family vacation, whatnot. It's been kind of hectic yeah. trying to catch up on anything. I haven't watched wrestling in yeah. weeks, dude. I think I got like almost a month worth of wrestling. I don't think I've watched since the last pay per view. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you'll be going in like uh, to the next pay per view, like I right, will be then essentially. Yeah, that's January 24th. That'll be the Rumble. And I'm like, what's going to happen? Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but. I, I do plan on finishing it, and it is a good show. Uh, Matt Ryan, especially, I think he plays like a uh, pretty near perfect Constantine from everything that I've read in the comics and in past iterations. Yeah, he does. That was one of the things. Just seeing him, if, even for five seconds in, in Arrow, uh, that struck me as he's he's a fucking good Constantine. So, yeah. All right. So I'm stoked about that. We should. Uh, yeah, I'll probably check that out. I mean, yeah, a few episodes, ten minutes a piece. That's definitely something we can burn through in a weekend for sure. Um, we'll be right back to talk about to- the top twenty-five. Uh, Batman the Animated Series episodes as rated by Heroic Hollywood. But first, we need more beer. Yep. Okay, so we got our top 25 uh, Batman the Animated Series episodes. And, you know, to be quite honest, how many episodes were there? Like 60-something, I think? Uh, No. I mean... I can find out real quick. I just... I kind of feel like 25 is probably about half the series. And don't get me wrong, that's fine. Because they're pretty much all varying levels of good to great. Um, there's not really many episodes that I just don't like anymore, so um, I'm excited for this. Let's let's do it. Let's get to it. So I have 84 unplayed episodes, and I think I've watched. You know the thing well, though, too. Music. You have the animated collected, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that uh, yeah, there you go. Because that second cover there, um, they they strung something else in there, in the collected works. Well, the season we're gonna have to fucking cut a lot of this out because it's making noise. Yeah. Or nah, I, let's just leave that I in. I guess I could do that. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't think anybody's going to complain. Uh, these are actually, these episodes right here were uh, from the 
No, maybe it's not. Hold on. Yeah, right here. This is this is the other piece. These this is actually the old school oh, Batman legit. animated okay. series. So there was um, actually no, there's, sixty there's episodes in the yeah. first in the first season. Wow. So seventy 80, 85 total. Okay, so that's not bad. So let's get into the first, uh, the, our first episode, number 25, Day of the Samurai. I actually really like this one. This is the one where Bruce gets to go out train and be a ninja, uh, um, which is a lot of fun uh, because that's that's the Bruce Wayne that I really like as far as like being the martial arts uh, uh, samurai that he is. I like that uh, League of Shadows training and all that stuff in this episode. Yeah, yeah, totally. Number 24 is coming up as soon as the thing loads. There we go. Uh, Strange Secret of Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Um, okay. So this is uh, basically where Hugo Strange gets Batman's uh, greatest nemesis uh, after Bruce Wayne and visits and where he basically, you know, threatens to re- reveal all of Bruce's secrets. Um, and that that's actually kind of cool because, you know, Hugo comes back in Arkham City, at least according to the circle article as if hugo wasn't in many other things yeah no he's trouble remembering he's been in a lot of things but um yeah he definitely came back before arkham city yeah yeah. but uh Uh, number 23 the clock king yeah uh temple fugit i actually really like this episode quite a bit um because it it really it's one of the ones that uh portrays the villain as a as a sympathetic villain Mm -hmm. uh kind of kind of um, Temple Fubik was kind of an ass anyway, but he he was super punctual about everything, and then Batman made him late for something, and it cost him, I don't know. Oh yeah, job or, now I remember. Yeah, yeah, that's a good episode too. Number twenty two, Joker's favor. Um, oh, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. So begins a two. Wow, that's that's this is great. the port the poor schlub that uh, cuts off the Joker on the freeway who ends up having <laughs> to having to OM one. Uh, and our first appearance of the character Harley Harley Quinn. Uh, you know, yes. speaking of a character who started off in, in an animated property and, and then you know transcended the medium, uh, that's one of the thank, things we can thank uh, the animated series for Harley Quinn. So cool. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, interesting. I, it didn't mention, but I'm not sure if that's our first named appearance or first appearance because Harley's actually uh, in there as like Thug Number Four or something like that in, in a couple of episodes or an episode before she officially has a name. So that's interesting. Mm, I'm surprised Dini let that pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, number 20 and 21. Oh, we got a tie here. Yep. Uh, the Demon's Quest parts one and two. Not so much a tie. It's a two-parter. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, and they're t- taking, they're, they're they're taking the honest episodes. approach. Yeah. They, they went a good way, though. Um, but uh, this is probably our first appearance for a lot of people with Ra's al Ghul. Um, familiar, of course, now because you've seen Batman Begins, probably. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't read, like, the Neil Adams um, and Denny O'Neill run on batman yeah uh or detective like you, you probably didn't uh didn't know who razagul was until the animated series came along yeah so we got you know lazarus pit goodness talia all the all the good raz stuff in here uh, um and of course batman having a sword fight with razagul which you know what's not to love so yeah number two, oh, 19 sorry uh, pe- uh perchance to dream uh this one wasn't huge for me because i've never been a huge fan of mad hatter yeah as, neither as am i Neither am I. I didn't even like playing those levels in Arkham Knight. Yeah, right. Uh, number 18, Beware of the Grey Ghost. This, this episode I love. Yeah. Uh, so this is a thing I think that's, um, I think something the animated series added to. Uh, this isn't, I think, uh, um, 
necessarily from the original, you know, like the comics. Uh, but anyway, the Grey Ghost is essentially um, Adam West playing a radio drama hero, uh, the Grey Ghost. I think that's how it goes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, that's that's a thing that Bruce grew up on. And one this of the is this is helped... one of the few insights you ever get to like Bruce being somewhat happy about something in his childhood. Yeah, and uh, you know you also see that draw the obvious parallels that the Grey Ghost is sort of an inspiration for Batman. So um, th- that it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this episode a lot. Yeah, it's a good pull. Good pull. Good pull. Way to go, Heroic Hollywood. You're not completely Ooh. retarded. Sixteen and seventeen also are are a two parter. Ooh, and this one I watched not too long ago, and this is a really good episode, um, set of episodes, rather. This is Two-Face Parts 1 and 2. So we get Harvey Dent. You know, this is another thing I like about the animated series. Uh, Harvey Dent is is not necessarily a child's character. Uh, Not something necessarily that that really meant for kids, but they pulled it off really, really well in the animated series. Um, So I like this. We get to see basically Harvey's origin as Two-Face. We get to, you know, we meet Harvey Dent as Harvey Dent. I think early on in the series. And then of course we see his slow uh, and, and finally tragic fall to um, two face. So, yeah. Um, so speaking of two face real quick and let's segue real quick because there's this yeah. article actually mentions a couple of cool things that I knew about, but we haven't talked about. Okay, go for it. So um, Batman return of the Cape Crusaders uh, straight to uh, DVD or straight to digital uh, animated property. Yeah. Uh, first one for um, Adam West and uh, Burt Ward. Yep. In a long time, right? <clears throat> so sequel's already been greenlit. And William Shatner will be voicing Two Face in that sequel. <laughs> That's awesome. Um the other piece of this too is that uh Billy D. Williams finally gets his due as Harvey Dent slash Two Face in the uh Lego Batman movie. He's gonna he's gonna finally get to to put on the Two Face suit. <clears throat> so um, to speak. Yeah, the animated suit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Still counts. Uh, number Pretty 15, Growing Pains. Um, so this is a Clayface episode. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, this one, this one is, this uh, is just, way late. This is just what I was thinking too. Uh, this, this is not actually, this is, this is from, um, the animated adventures of Batman and Robin actually. See, that's what I was going to say. Uh, 1998, that's too late. Yep. Okay. So we'll skip past that, but I, I will say that's a good episode because I remember that one. And that's the one that kind of gives Clayface a little bit of a, uh, I mean, they're um, all Timverse. They're all canon. So I, yeah. I kind of don't want to take that away from it, but yeah, this is, and, and dude, the animated series did such a good job of bringing Clayface to, uh, the, the, the general audience and yeah. portraying him. And, and, it, and it's lent credence to Clayface's later portrayals in the comics too. Like even Especially right now, now we're detective. detective. Like yeah. this is, this is what we're used to. Detective is actually part of Batman's team at this point. And, and Basil, uh, Basil, Basil Carlo, um, is a very sympathetic character and, and even more so in the recent run where he, he essentially goes up against a former companion of his who is now also afflicted with a lesser version of the, the, you know, thing that, that gives Clayface his, his juice. So, mm-hmm. Uh, number 14, The Man Who Killed Batman. Um, this one, I can't even remember even a little bit. I remember it, but it's... <clears throat> yeah, Thorn. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because he's, he's working for both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Number 13, On Leather Wings. This oh, this is, is the first episode. Yeah, this is the very first episode, and it gives you an idea of what the 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 show's going to look like a little bit. Um, this episode isn't particularly great to me, but it, it does a great job, I think, setting up the series. So yeah. 
I, I already. I, think I don't I have much what, to add to that. I think I know <laughs> it's going to be number one, but we're we're only twelve in. So. Oh man, actually, I would have picked this one to be number one, but I would have picked this one certainly to go higher. Um, this is number twelve, Mad Love. Um, this is one that gives us a little bit uh, back. Uh, no, this gives us essentially Harley Quinn's backstory and kind of uh, sets up the whole Joker Harley relationship. So. This is this is also from the animated Adventures of Batman and Robin, as opposed to the old school animated yeah. series. Because this is uh, from January sixteenth, nineteen ninety nine. But yeah, this this is a super good up too, though. Um, it this is funny because the animated series spun off a Batman Adventures comic book that was very much done in the style of Bruce Tim. Yeah, Mad Love was a a story, a one shot story that Paul Dini wrote in that style as a comic book or graphic novel first, um, and then oh, they, they spun that it. back into. That's funny. <laughs> into a, into a, a, an animated show so yeah I, I like that um for all the things that i hated about suicide squad i did like to see uh, finally get a little bit of harley joker on screen relationship i uh, just wish the joker didn't suck so bad and so does everybody else yep number 11 is trial this episode i do remember this is actually really good a lot of the bad guys <clears throat> Uh, a lot of the Dark Knight's enemies, rather, um, basically gather them up and put them on trial for their crimes against them, essentially. So this this episode is actually really good because um, the the villains all have, of course, a little bit of a twisted logic. But I remember watching that as a kid, especially, and thinking, no, maybe they're right. Maybe Batman kind of sucks. It's funny, too, because this is kind of, um, kind of tangentially um, responsible for the Detective Comics storyline going on right now. A little bit, yeah. Or at least very very much inspired by that. Yeah. I would think, anyway. It could be complete coincidence. Yeah, but maybe, maybe we're wrong. Got but. a little bit of a similar thing going on there. Yeah. Uh, number nine and ten is Robin's Reckoning, parts one and two. Um, so this Eisner award-winning two-parter is, of course, the spotlight for Dick Grayson. Uh, that line I just ripped right from Heroic Hollywood. But this is essentially where we meet Dick for the first time. The, you can steal that line if you want to. Um, <laughs> um, your mom will. Uh, we meet Dick for the first time and basically learn how he got his start as the uh, quote-unquote boy wonder. Yeah, uh, this is a Tony Zuko story, so um, it's going to be the closest you're going to get to year three as, yep. as an animated property. But it, it's th- this is actually really good, too, though. Uh, and I like that they went that direction with it. Um, can, can I, I, I like how insight? they mentioned in the synopsis that it, it blows the... Um, batman forever movie out of the water <laughs> it really kind of does um you know the animated series kind of does there's a, there's a lot of things that are just better about the animated series yeah uh this this episode number eight probably gives us one of the greatest batman lines in the history of, of batman and certainly one of the best delivered lines um by uh oh shit buckets what is his name um who voices uh, Conroy? Kevin Conroy. Yeah, Kevin Conroy. Uh, and that, 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 of course, is I Am the Knight, which, yes. I, of course, I can't do a Conroy, so I'm sorry, guys. But uh, the episode title is I Am the Knight. Um, I Am the Knight. That's much better. That, very good. Keep it up. Um, so this one talks a little bit about uh, Batman and struggling with his his uh, you know ability to keep up with all of the the Batman duties when you know basically Arkham has a revolving door for bad guys essentially so um, and, and of course jails and so on and so forth so yeah um, the animated series always did a really good job with kind of uh, doing what it could to. Uh, show bruce's struggle 
and this episode in particular was was really really you good know, for that. There's a lot of animated series episodes like this too that I kind of feel like make great single issue. Uh, um, or that are some of my favorite single issue stories in, in the comic universe, which, you know, sort of focus on those types of things like Bruce's internal struggles or, you know, small sort of plot stories. Um, there's a lot of that in the animated series. And those those tend to be really good. Like um, I, I was reading some of the annuals today, like I read the Wonder Woman annual and I, I didn't super love that one. But I really do dig. I did dig the the Batman annual. And I think I, I just um, was that the one that there was three stories in. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I think those those stories work well for Batman, and this is that type of episode. So if you're into that kind of thing, you'll probably like this one too. Also, Eddie's halfway through Batman number fourteen right now. Yeah, um, from the you know since the rebirth, uh, relaunch and stuff like that, I'm actually finished with it, and it is part one of a two part story, and it's a it's a Batman slash Catwoman story, and I think Ooh. having finished the first part, I can already say like this particular issue is one of my favorite issues of Batman. Like it's it's really well done, and and uh you get to see something from Batman and Catwoman both that you don't get to see a lot. So that's kind of um, cool in itself. You know, I really can't speak well enough about how, how well rebirth is going for me. I re- yeah. I'm really enjoying rebirth just as a whole. Um, but Batman in particular is super, super good. Batman and detective both. Like I'm just like, Oh yeah. Detect detectives kind of blown, my, blown my mind a little bit. Um, and, and I mean that in the best way possible. Um, don't get me wrong. New 52 bats was pretty awesome too. That of course gave us that, you know, the things like the court of owls story mm-hmm. and uh, death, I always fuck it up. Death of the family, death in the family, death of the family, was death the, of the family. Yep. Yeah. And, that's the thing is Scott Snyder did some really good stuff with Batman. Yeah. But it took Batman kind of away from the Batman that I knew, especially like mid nineties Batman and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and so while he told a really great story and I thought it was really fascinating, I, I, I really am look, was looking forward to getting kind of back to the rebirth thing. And the first, the first story, um, initially the Gotham storyline, I wasn't really there. But then this most recent story arc where they went to um, Santa Prisca and confronted Bane, that's the Batman. That that's that was the goddamn a Batman. Fucking goddamn awesome <laughs> epi- yeah. issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so number six and seven, Feet of Clay, parts one and two. This um, is the the origin of Clayface. Yeah, this is a different Clayface. We have Basil Carlo in in the comics. Um, there may have have there been more than one Clayfaces. Yeah. Yeah. This um, is Matt Hagen. Yeah, Matt Hagen. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, but, you know, the story is essentially the same. I, I don't know if they just thought this was a better TV sounding name. Uh, but, you know, that, that's it might what have it been. is. It might have been. Yeah, there have been a couple of them throughout comic book continuity as well. But, yeah, it is what it is. Oh, uh, the Laughing Fish. The Laughing Fish. Um, I, I'll have to get there because I don't remember this one off the top of my head at all. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the laughing fish. This oh, is a yeah. Joker centric yeah, yeah. episode, and it's got all the weird Joker shit. So, um, this is kind. Of, this this it's one's a little bit patenting Joker fish. Yeah. This is a little more slapsticky. This is probably a little bit more like a, and it does vary. Um, you, you, we get incredible. Um, I think variety from the Joker in the animated series. Um, this is probably more along the lines of, uh, uh Caesar Romero's Joker. Ooh, you're going to be wrong about what number one was because I think it's number four. Yes, it is number four. (laughs) Uh, Number four is Heart of Ice. Um, This is probably one of my favorite uh, episodes. This, I believe, is a Paul Dini episode. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, 
And this is actually the one that gives uh, Mr. Freeze, who was previously to the animated series, kind of a schlocky, uh, you know, he had freeze powers or some shit like that, but not really anything interesting as far as a backstory. This one actually is the one that gives him the Nora Allen, no, Nora, Nora Freeze, of Nora course, Freeze, yeah. uh, Nora Freeze uh, uh, backstory. So which in which his wife is, you know, rather tragically um, stuck in suspended animation. Um, and Mr. Freeze uh, is, you know, uh, cursed it to be stuck in the freeze suit or sub-zero temperatures uh, in, you know, basically trying to find a way to save his, his wife. So um, Heart of Ice is a fucking great episode. It really revives uh, Mr. Freeze. Like uh, the one thing negative I will say about it is ha- had it not been for this episode, there's a very good possibility we wouldn't have got Batman and Robin with uh, Ice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's too bad, though. Um that that happened yeah. <laughs> this episode uh or at all well i mean because Fr- freeze is so good in this and and that no, sort is. of revived that as a possibility um I, I i couldn't say for sure that we were, we would have gotten a mr freeze which is crazy because when you think about it the schwarzenegger portrayal of mr uh, mr freeze is very much like the pre-animated series portrayals were like just just a piece of shit with a freeze gun yeah yeah well because um, i mean they, they tried to play it up a little bit with the whole nora story and everything like that but it was such a fucking poorly written movie. Yeah, you got the feeling in in uh, Heart of Ice, I think that that uh, Mr. Freeze was reluctantly uh, um, being a bad guy, whereas Arnold seemed to revel in it. Yeah, uh, you're not caught up on Gotham enough. Not this season. No. They didn't really do it this season, but last season. Uh, you need to finish last season because he's actually a character. No, I did hit last season where did, we meet Freeze and, and did you get his get origin? His, yeah, yeah, like that. They did a really good job in that show of of bringing that version of Freeze across. Uh, much better than Schwarzenegger did. So, all right, number three, yeah. Harley and Ivy. Yeah, this was a good episode. Yeah, um, I think this is right around the time that uh, um, what's that movie called where they drive off the cliff at the end? Thelma. Uh, spoilers. Louise. Yeah, Thelma and Louise came out. So this this one had a little bit of a feel of that. I remember seeing that because I hadn't seen the actual movie because when this movie came out or this show came out, I think it was like uh, ten. Um, but I remember seeing this one and thinking, oh, they're, they're you know they're trying to do the, a little bit of that, and I, I wasn't entirely wrong. They are kind of doing that a little bit. Um. But, yeah, uh, this is this is um, and it says right here too, and uh, that Dini, um, this he is really kind of yeah. kind of explores the abusive uh, relationship between Joker and Harley, and it kind of you know that's what prods her to get out and and take off and run with Ivy for the day. Yeah. Um, but she always ends up with a pudding. So. Yep. That's too bad. Yeah. Uh, number two, almost got him. This okay. I. I'm pretty much in agreement with this one being where it's at on the list. I would have probably put Heart of Ice at number one. Yeah. Um, but this one has my all-time favorite quote from Batman the Animated Series, and that is, they all get done telling their stories, and then Croc is telling his, and they're like, well, what, what did you do? And he's like, I threw a rock at him. <laughs> I almost got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so th- this has our bad guys sitting around a poker table telling him about the time they almost got the batman yeah um so we you've got the joker the two-faced penguin poison ivy and killer croc and of course uh leading up to killer croc th- there's a lot more complex stories than i throw a rock at him yeah, yeah. uh still so that that is actually a pretty good episode i like i like that that's another one i like about this show it, it fucking stands out a lot like even to this day yeah um okay oh man and the number one episode is not even actually from batman the animated series no technically not uh over the edge is what they're calling the best batman animated series episode um and so no this is actually a good episode 
Um, oh, I, I don't disagree. But but yeah, it, it's not from the original, but whatever. It, th- this is canon, uh, but this is actually a really good episode. Um, in this episode, Batgirl's killed in action, driving her father, Commissioner Gordon, to recruit Bane for revenge on the man he blames for her death, uh, Batman. Yep. So... It's it's an hour long episode and it's uh, you know got a lot of cool Batman villains and of course you you open with killing Batgirl so uh, you know what else what more do you need to hook you into that? Which obviously considering the main villain in this is Scarecrow. Yeah, I mean it's a kid show that people don't really die. Um, yeah, but uh, th- th- this one was one that I I do remember being like whoa fuck they did that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is the closest we'll ever get to the killing joke, but then it's not. Nope. Um, but anyway, you know, not a bad list actually. No, that's actually, that was a lot of fun. I, like I said, I, I didn't read it going into it. I just was like, well, we've, we've both seen every episode. So we'll, yeah, yeah. It's been a long long time of that. That may be something that I'm going to have to do a little bit of a rewatch. The girls and I have been rewatching it. We're most, I don't, I won't. Okay. I'm not gonna say mostly because there's 60 episodes in the first season. So I'm going to say that we are, uh, 15 episodes in. (laughs) Yeah um okay so that's dc news for this week let's move on to the marvel universe and with our first story in the marvel universe we have hugh jackman talking about retirement and deadpool yeah and you wish it's what it what you think it is but it's not really um he's talking a little bit more about uh his work with uh ryan reynolds on um wolverine origins yeah this is this is interesting because i never even paid attention to what time period this movie was written in or filmed in not really um but it was during the writer's strike, and so they were talking about how Reynolds, when he came in, had no dialogue because they didn't get to have a writer. They weren't allowed to. And so they were just like, um, Deadpool shows up and says something witty. And they're yeah. just like, go for it, kid. Yeah. Uh, Quantum of Solace was like this, too, rather famously, although Quantum of Solace came out far in the negative end of that. Because, well, so did X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, let's face it. They could have really used some writers on yeah, that. Yeah, writers would have helped. Um, Sadly, that's not what happened to uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. No. Well they had after the strike, yeah, um, <laughs> but but th- this is, uh, I think, a kind of a testament to if I, he's really just kind of uh, uh, Jason Run- Reynolds here a little bit because he was he essentially is is saying like yeah he did that like he, nobody helped him with that he just he went in and you know he did he did that so that's kind of cool. I'm gonna blame the bastardization of Deadpool at the end of X Men Origins. Oh no, I would have been completely on, fucking on the lack of writers if they would stopped at the point where they decided to make him, you know, whatever they called him, the you know, the Deadpool program. Yeah. Um, if they had stopped right before that, he he was spot on. Like yeah. as I was watching that, I was thinking, oh yeah, this guy's pretty. This isn't a bad Deadpool. And then they do that shit, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like somebody obviously just read like a little bit of the backstory of Deadpool, and they were like, well, nobody really cares about that character. Let's do whatever the fuck we want to that. But um, it gave us one of my favorite moments in the actual Deadpool movie, which was the action figure. <laughs> yeah, the action figure was solid. And the Green Lantern trading card. Good. Yeah. You, yeah. You I like can't, it. Can't beat it. Do I get a suit? Just please don't make it green. And animated. And animated. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Um, but Jackman does talk a little bit about um, how he he really thinks it is time for him to to hang it up after this movie. Yeah. But, and he also talks about this movie being. Um, phenomenal like this is this is what he wanted to do and he said he wanted to to do it with a movie that left him feeling like his dance card was finally full yeah he wanted to go out on a high note and um you know the thing is um actors don't generally come out and be like yeah this movie's shitty uh don't go see it like when he did origins too it wasn't like he was like yeah this isn't our best guys this isn't our best (laughs) uh but uh 
Come on, guys. I mean, we cast Will. I am really. Yeah, but I, I think I think Logan is gonna be a solid send off. Here's why I think it's gonna be one of the best ones in the entire X Men franchise. They're utilizing pieces of a story that's only like a year old or a couple years old in the comic reality. Like, yeah, Old Man Logan has only been a thing, I think, uh, since uh, Secret Wars two, and. That's not that long ago. It's uh no, really not. Um, you know, I I think they just get the tone. Um, that's the thing. Like watching the trailer, the trailer. There's a lot of things that I think really scream to me. Okay, they finally, finally understand Wolverine. Um, well, and the thing about it is, is they're utilizing pieces of the story. Yeah, and we know it's not going to be like a direct uh, recreation of the old man Logan origin because you can't do that no you don't have that many licenses at your disposal if you're no, boxed no, to, no. To, to bring all that stuff together so they're just going to craft a really well-told story and like this is going to be one of the few times that i'm not going to go to a comic, mo- uh, comic book movie um expecting you know a, a kind of a recreation of of what i've seen or read in the past and i'm going to be completely happy with that but but um that said you know the the thing that bothers comic book fans a lot of the times isn't that they you know change details of the comic story or whatever um because you know sometimes you have to do that let's face it it to me is when it shows that they just don't get the character like deadpool deadpool is a clear delineation they just don't get the character they don't get what makes him special They, they do now but with origins obviously nobody really got what deadpool was supposed to be in that movie and that's how we got that abomination of a deadpool at the end um I don't think that's true with this movie. With well, Logan, I really think they understand what they want to do with Logan. And like you said, I think they're going to pull, you know, sort of the best stuff from old man Logan. So here's the other thing, too. Like, I really felt like X-Men 1 and 2. I kind of I kind of felt like they got the character of Jean Grey. Kind of. And and I knew like they had they had Scott pretty well nailed in those two. And then uh, X-Men Last Stand came out and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Fucking Ratner, dude. Fucking Ratner. Is what it Ratner? Yeah. Brett Ratner. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, that that see, that's the same. X two is probably one of the strongest movies in the X Men franchise, I think. And then uh, X three came out, and like, I that one is when I legitimately like midway through the movie, I was like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Yeah, you know, like what's really happening right now. Um, so yeah, uh, but I don't think they're doing that here. I, no, I'm, I'm fairly hopeful. I think everybody's got a lot riding on this. Like, this is one that you know, not just um. You have to imagine Hugh Jackman's grown pretty attached to this character, but so has fucking Fox for that matter. Um, so you have to think that Fox wants to send this out on a high note uh, um, and really juice that. And I think they're going to do that a little bit anyway, because it's looking pretty much like we're getting X-23 following. Uh, that's confirmed now. It's, it is Laura Kinney is the, is the girl. It is the kid. The, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so here's the thing. They have to. They have to because if Laura Kinney is going to be what they... If, it, yeah, if anybody's going to care forward, that, that they, this they movie can't has to blow their socks movie. off. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, we saw what happened to Deadpool after Origins. So, yeah. I mean, that, that it just got retconned. Just fucking forget it and yep. do with something else. So. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really funny when you think about it because um, that Deadpool from Origins is set and exists in the same universe as Deadpool from Deadpool the movie. Yeah. They were just like, nah, never mind. Just forget that happened, please. Yeah. Please. Well, I mean, it's post. Uh, it's post Days of Future Past, though, so they can do that. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> they, they, see, the, that move still strikes me as being that's a, like a That's like trying to say them. that anything in the Flash show is canon. 
That's a good point. Because you're like, time well, travel, I mean, yeah, wibbly wobbly. I mean, it was canon yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Tiny whiny. Yeah. Um, small bit of Marvel news: A Doctor Strange is coming to home video in February. I'm excited about this because I never got to see it in theaters, so I'm. I'm oh, you still haven't seen it yet? No. Uh, seen no. It yet. Uh, so you're gonna dig this. Um, the, you know. You probably, got, I'm probably going to spring for the 3D on this one. I was going to say, you got the 3D TV? Yeah. Do, do, you, you, if you like 3D, you'll probably like this one in 3D. I mean, I don't watch a lot of shit in 3D, but I've, I've heard nothing but good things about this one as There's far as the effects cool, go. There's a lot of cool, like, uh, Tesseract-y sort of uh, time, you know, like, uh, um, uh, what's that movie with the Dreams guys? Uh, Inception. Inception. Okay. Um, where, the, you know, the streets all bend up and shit like that, and you got this weird Tesseract views and, and stuff like that. There's a lot of cool shit like that so i think if you if you got 3d and you like 3d um yeah do it yeah. it you'll probably enjoy it so we get it on uh digital hd february 14th and then um par for the course these days the actual physical media does not uh drop until february 28th so there's a two-week gap in between yeah that's kind of weird when you think about it because usually they're trying to prep up that uh, physical media sale but They've been doing digital first for a long time now for yeah. Marvel movies, especially and about everything these days. Like a lot of things come out. I think the accountant though came out um, digital and physical. Same I was day. actually really surprised to see that out already because um, you'd mentioned you know go check it out because mm-hmm. um, we were talking about going to see that. It, it was a second run theater. We were talking about you know you know the Northern Lights in Salem. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I wasn't expecting to see that movie out for quite a while still actually. Yeah. No, I watched it. It was decent. We can. Yeah. I can. I can give you my. Uh, spoiler-free kind of thoughts on it, which was, uh, number one, uh, until I read the synopsis, like, about five minutes before I watched the movie, like, I did not know that he was an autist. Yeah. Um, or I got autistic. That, I got that from the trailer, I think. I didn't, for some reason. I really I just, had nothing going into that except for that little bit from the trailer. I didn't exactly pick up autistic. I, I just thought he was really socially inept. No, he's a high-functioning um, yeah, autistic. Yeah, like so. uh, Asperger's or something like that. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, a lot of really, lot of really good um, actors and actresses in this movie. So, um, Anna Kendrick is the female lead. Yeah. Uh, ben Affleck obviously plays the lead. Uh, John Lithgow's in it. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Simmons is really good in it. There's that other guy too. Um, John Barenthal. Tambor. Uh, I think Jeffrey Tambor's in it too. Tambor's in it too. His role isn't nearly as big as who the other people that I've mentioned, but um, yeah. uh, John Barenthal is really good in it. Cool. So. Uh, I mean, AKA we know, the Punisher. We, yeah, we know he can act. So, uh, and I'm actually kind of s- happy to see him get in some bigger roles because that dude really can fucking act. Um, yeah. So that that should be fun. I mean, he. Okay, to be fair, he doesn't necessarily play a character that we've not seen him play before in this movie, but he's still really good in it. Cool. So, um, but overall, I thought the story was pretty well, pretty well solid, and and uh, really appreciated how they um how they wrapped it up. So, Brad. Okay, that's all so, I'm gonna say because you haven't seen it, and yeah, I, no, I don't want to yeah, talk. Yeah, don't spoil it. So. I do. I do want to see it too. Like the trailer had me really intrigued, and unfortunately, because of time constraints, we couldn't go catch it that night. And you know, now of course we're stuck waiting until uh, we can get it on, you know, the, the TVs or whatever. Doesn't so. doesn't that piss you guys off at home that I won't spoil things for him, but we totally will spoil everything <laughs> for you guys? Yeah, sorry, boys. I mean, we're trying Girls. to tell you though ahead of time. We do. We do generally. I so. mean, if it's in the show notes, you, you should watch it back a little bit. It's probably a little spoily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we try not to be total dicks, though. It's fine. Sort of. You didn't really want me to tell anybody about Glenn for the longest time, even though that was like you know five years before we started. I know the comics, and this—that's a weird one because everybody reading the comics was like, "Uh, yeah, this isn't a spoiler." 
Um, everybody, everybody knows this. Yeah. Um, but it's only the guy that was like, I was going to read those tomorrow, but you fucking ruined it. The TV show guys though, the TV show people were like, we don't know who dies. We're never going to know who dies. We can't know who dies until the end. And, and then even at the beginning of uh, episode, uh, you know, 701 or whatever, they were probably like, see, we told you it wasn't. Oh, never mind, Dude, Joe Rogan quit watching walking dead because of that episode. Yeah. Lots of people did. Yeah. He was done. A lot of fucking people like listening watching. listening to Kevin Smith try and advocate for The Walking Dead to Joe Rogan was pretty hilarious. Don't get me wrong. Uh, th- that episode, first off, I didn't like that episode e- either, but for completely different reasons than I think a lot of people didn't. Like, a lot of people were like, uh, violence, blah. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what show you think you're watching, but they kill zombies and brutally bash guts. I gave a fuck, about, gave a fuck about the 25 minutes of exposition before he actually finally killed anybody. Yeah, and then, like, uh, um, literally, like, who shot Mr. Burns Ask like, uh, is it going to be Glenn? Is it going to be, you know, Eric or some shit like that? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Smith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, nobody cares. Just yeah. get to the thing. Uh, they, they they really needed that to be their red wedding, which is another thing I haven't spoiled. So uh, we'll stick with it there. Dude, my wife made a red wedding, a red wedding reference today. Yeah, uh, it was about Rogue One. <laughs> Interesting. Because I was like, that was a good movie, huh? She's like, yeah. If you like movies where everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoilers. Yeah, we 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 did that already. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so let's talk comics. We haven't talked comics in a while, um, yeah. at least not with any length, but uh, Matt and I read some comics this week, and we got some cool shit coming up in the comic book universes, yeah, so um, why don't you lead with that, because I, I don't really know what's going on here. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 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 ahead and, and dive into some news, which is, God, there's some cool stuff. Um, so we have a Cap-centric, Captain America-centric event uh, coming up. Well, it's not confirmed that it's Captain America-centric, but the uh, story arc is going to be called Secret Empire, and right in the middle of C- of the words Secret and Empire um, and the graphic, which um, this will link to, is Cap's new shield. Oh. Um, and as has been revealed for quite some time, Cap is a sleeper agent for Hydra, or at least he um, has been programmed by a cosmic cube to think that he is. Yeah. So I have a feeling that story, this this event is going to bring that situation to a head. I kind of think so with, too. With the rest you of know, the heroes, like, we, I think we talked about this when this news first came out that you know Captain is uh, uh, the Cap is is a sleeper agent that they couldn't stick with that for too long. Yeah, this this had a finite run. Yeah, so um, th- this seems like a good way to tie that up. You know, do 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 a good run, give it. Uh, do a little bit of justice for it, um, but yeah, they can't run for you know five or ten years or something like that. So yeah, um, second piece of news, and this is all in this article. Um, I just I just put these little sub bullets in here to to hit the talking points that I wanted to. There's more in the article than than what I'm gonna mention. But um, secondly, George Perez, who illustrated um, Crisis, George Perez, super good. Yep, is gonna be illustrating DC's uh, Green Lantern uh, Planet of the Apes crossover. <laughs> which they're doing also awesome yeah just that idea is awesome yeah yeah just seeing kilowog fly mm-hmm. around with a bunch of monkeys yeah it's pretty rad yeah oh you know this isn't in the talking points but rob liefeld announces the return of his extreme studios character and i just want to point out that liefeld actually drew some feet in this picture oh did he yeah it looks yeah. like yeah yeah they're not um, great feet and everybody's thighs and body uh, it, like dude really needs to take they're an talking class they're talking young blood right now yeah. as far as those um there's no mention of whether or not they're going to bring back supreme which is his best creation kind of ever, but you know, it is what it is. Dude, pres- uh, the, the issue number two cover, which is, it, it, you know, has in big bold letters, not, not final, final art, art is really good though for, um, the G- George Perez, uh, apes lantern crossover. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then lastly, in our talking points, uh, friend of the show, Marv Wolfman, is going to be writing a five-issue Bullseye miniseries uh, for Marvel, uh, which is apropos because he created Bullseye. So That is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, art's solid here, too. I wonder who's who's doing that or if that's an old thing. I don't know. I don't know if that's new art. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we look forward to that. I, I think we'll probably have to check that one out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm actually I'm heading to the comic store tomorrow, so I think I'm going to uh, put that on my pull list and make sure they hold it for me. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all right. So let's talk about some stuff we did read. Uh, first one is Civil War number two. All right. Um, so I'm going to say this is a long time coming for this story to be wrapped up. And here's everything that Marvel is doing wrong in a nutshell. <laughs> okay. um, and I don't necessarily mean did the story. Did you like the book, though? Yeah, I, I liked I liked the story arc. What I didn't like is that um, books that came out of this story arc are now on issue number two before they even finish Mm -hmm. the actual end of the story. Um, And I understand that comic books are not a a perfect science, uh, but sometimes you have to delay another book. You know, and there, if that's what you have to do, there are some big events in here too, which I would not want to have spoiled for me. Um, If I read the books, you know, in launch order, the big one, um, Champions number four came out this week. Yeah. And Champions is a direct result of the aftermath of Civil War two. So how are we four months past, you know? Yeah. Something that was a major event and so impactful on these kids' lives that they had to stop being Avengers and form their own group. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, especially Miles, because Miles was uber important to the Civil War two storyline. Yeah. Um that you know that that's a big event in here um so i should mention we are going to spoil some civil war 2 for you so if you don't want to hear yeah. that stop listening now or come back and li- let us spoil unworthy thor titans or inhumans versus x-men later um anyway uh you know there's some big big stuff that came out of this uh hawkeye killed hulk um i i wondered about that like what do you think hulk staying dead for a while um i just read hulk number one so not really probably <laughs> no it's um it's 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 his cousin it's uh jessica is, is it jessica yeah whatever it's she hulk yeah okay because gotcha. she was she was in a coma she got a, she got the shit kicked out of her by thanos in like the first issue of civil war 2 or whatnot the same, yes, the same mission that roadie died on yeah so roadie also died in this one too which is another interesting yeah um and uh no, it, actually, the first issue like was her basically getting back into the real world, uh, joining a different law firm, and and going to work as her human alter ego. Yeah, not not as the Hulk and whatnot. Uh, it was a good book. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I think I'm going to keep reading it for a little while just to find out you know where it goes. But yeah, um, so the big green question then is: Do we think Banner's really dead? Banner is dead, and the reason I know that is because I also read Uncanny Avengers, and they brought him. Uh, the hand actually tried to bring him back to life and they did actually successfully bring him back to life. Um, they had to have uh, Dr. Omen wow. uh, work some voodoo on him and, and, and help him pass peacefully onto the next plane. So the body's definitely dead. Wow. So Bruce Banner, legit dead. Yeah. For the time being, I mean, it's comic books. Yeah. I mean, nobody ever dies in comic books. Wolverine's been dead a lot longer than I thought he would too, but they kind of use their old man Logan loophole on that. So, Yep. Um, that'll be interesting, though. I'm curious to see how they bring that character back. I mean, presumably he's going to be dead for a little bit. Uh, first off, Wolverine's been dead then a lot longer, a lot longer than anybody else really expected him to be. Um, him and Xavier both. Xavier, Xavier's been dead a real fucking long time now. Then again, 
these two characters are X-Men and up until just this last two months, like the X-Men have kind of been like the redheaded stepchildren of Marvel because Fox owns the movie rights. Yeah. Um, so they haven't been really treated with the same dignity and class that the Avengers and the Inhumans have. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny because we're, you know, of course we're going to talk about Inhumans versus X-Men a little bit later, but that was something I noticed about Marvel too, um, is that things get even more wibbly wobbly over there. Like, uh, you know, we, we, the big event in, in humans versus X-Men, um, or death of X actually is, is Cyclops. Cyclops dies. Um, that's the big thing, except for then when you get to in humans versus X-Men number zero, who's there, a uh, baby Cyclops, because you know, they just brought him out of the time stream or whatever. Well, that's, but that's been years ago in the yeah. all new X-Men series. So yeah, we've, we've got Cyclops sees. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they coexisted for actually a while. Yeah. Um, the big reveal from uh, Death of X was that uh, Cyclops had actually been dead since the onset of the Impox mm-hmm. uh, Terrigen uh, poisoning, which and some Emma Frost then, shenanigans. Yeah, mind fucked everybody into believing that he was still alive at least long enough to to have him die a martyr. Yeah, which that's going to be fun if he actually does come back from this event because then everybody's going to be like, "Well, are you really back, or is this just Emma being fucking Emma again?" Yeah. Um. Weird. Anyway, um, so Civil War Two. Um, this actually was a fun storyline. I, I like this a little bit. Um, this is where you know, this is a Bendis book. So if you don't like a little social social justice in your comics, you're probably not gonna like this because Bendis tends to do that. You know, but he pre- he presented it in a in a especially in in this final issue. He presented it very much in a. Uh, you weren't necessarily wrong, but here's why Tony was more right than you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I did so. like that. I, I, you know, another thing I got to mention in this book, which I really enjoyed, which was, um, when, when Tony's like, uh, so he's, he's, you know, sort of laying out his feelings and his, his story. This is around book four, I think. Yeah. And he's, he's talking to, you know, both the audience, but also an unseen character and saying, you know, essentially here's what's going on. Uh, tell, you know, am I right about this? Am I wrong about this? Tell me what you think. And, and it's revealed, you know, towards the end of the book that it's, it's, uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America. Mm-hmm. And, and he kind of says, you know, cause you know, I've learned now that, uh, uh, you know, we always, we trust Steve Rogers. Uh, so, um, don't, you don't pick the opposite side. Yeah. There, there's a couple of other, there's a couple of other characters in there that say so along similar lines, which I mean, they're there and they're basically, well, Captain America says do this. So that's what we're doing. Um, uh, so that's kind of an interesting, I think, angle there too. I guess it's been a while since we talked about, uh, civil war two. So maybe we should kind of give an overall, um, synopsis of it. So essentially there's an inhuman born, uh, named Ulysses and he actually has, um, he he can foresee the future or possible futures and whatnot, but it's more than just like him getting visions. Like the people that are around him when he has these visions also um, see and feel these things as though they're legit happening and whatnot. Yeah, um, um, it, and the 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 book opens. Uh, so we learn later on in the books that um, these are possible futures more mm-hmm. than like actually legit. The future. It's an algorithm. Yeah, but the problem is is that um, it opens up with Ulysses having this vision of um, a Thanos dominated world, um, and so they all act on that basically, mm-hmm. and they're able to uh, stop Thanos. Uh, because of that intel and of course captain marvel uh basically goes like well i mean we we gotta we, do we have now. to use this for what it is yeah. it's a tool for us to to protect the world so um, if, you, if you've seen minority report you might know how this is going mm-hmm. and tony stark though is just like well here's the deal like how do we know that our actions aren't causing these things to happen because we've seen 
that they might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there's kind of once Bruce dies, because she has this vision, or U- Ulysses has a vision that Bruce is going to go on a rampage and kill everybody. Um, and so they go to confront him about it, and that's when Hawkeye ends up ultimately killing Bruce. Yeah. Which, that's the thing, is I wasn't really sure I was buying it. Um, because Bruce has tried to kill himself. Yeah, so, so many, many times. times. But, I mean, I don't think anybody else ever has tried to kill Bruce Banner as Bruce Banner. At least not that I'm aware of. I mean, comic books have been published People for a have, lot longer than I've been alive. What's but. tricky about this, though, is like every other sort of thing where something like this has happened, uh, the Hulk has always taken over, even after Impact. like mm-hmm. uh, the, the Hulk has always taken over and managed to stave off whatever it was that was trying to kill Banner. Um, so, uh, you know, when I first saw that, I was like, well, I mean, he's not dead. It, this is going to be like a super, death of Superman thing. Like, give him a few weeks and put him under the sun or whatever it is you do with the Hulk and he'll be fine. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it seems like they, they legit killed him. So, um, But that's where it really falls apart or where, where we really set up the whole, no, you're just fucking wrong. Like, I'm predicting somebody steals Banner's body and, and uh, tries to do some gamma experiments on it. You think and so? Then, and then that's when he comes back. I, I think it's going to be um, likely... You know, that's actually a good idea. I think probably if they did that, what would happen is they bring back the Hulk and he's stuck in Hulk mode for quite a while. Would it be funny is if Pro- probably if, not if smart Hulk he either, was, he like was Hulk. rampaging Hulk. Hulk, and then all of a sudden when he calmed down, like he turned back into Bruce and Bruce was just dead. Like, <laughs> like all right, drag him over here now. He just falls over. Yeah, that would be kinda that would be actually kinda just hilarious. Put him over in the corner and kick him and then yeah. get out of the way. Yeah. Um, it's like one of those little uh, heat packs that you have to pop the thing in. It's just dormant <laughs> until you pop the thing in. You, and you it gotta swells smack up and, it on the table a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's Marvel. You can have that idea. Uh, that's that's too gold to keep. You know, strictly in the confines of the whatever show. No, no. I mean, here's the deal. If you want me to, I'll come right too. That's fine. Yeah. No, we can totally write. Um, <laughs> So, oh god. Yeah, um, that, that's sort of the big split I think. That's where Tony goes full on like th- you know this cannot be right. We we've got to look into this more. So there's a, there's there is a lot of like you can't arrest me for things that I haven't done. Yeah. Which um, is oddly reminiscent of the action comic storyline going on with Lex Luthor right now too. Yeah. So, but uh, anyhow. <laughs> and of course, uh Captain Captain Marvel Danvers is something. Is it is it Carol? Carol Danvers. Okay. Yeah. Is that the same name as the mom in the... No. Yes, in yeah. Supergirl. Because yeah. that's what fucking confuses me every time, because I'm pretty it. sure they're both canon. Like, I think Marvel Marvel and DC must like to stick in the other's craw a little bit, because I think they use the same names intentionally sometimes, or very close. Obviously, with Captain Marvel, Shazam, We don't even know that some of these characters didn't originally have the same creator that worked for both oh, companies that's a good, separate that's times. a good point, too. I mean, I doubt that's the case in this particular instance, but, you know, yeah. who knows. So, uh, Captain Marvel, though, is now full, in, full on, like... No, we got to trust this guy. You know, he knows what's going on. Um, and th- these visions are real. And Tony's even more so. Like, no, you, you, this can't be right. So he fucking kidnaps Ulysses and uh, brain scans him or whatever. And then basically comes up more pre- with more prevailingly to, uh, no, th- this is a possible future. He is basically absorbing data at a rate that we can't even begin to understand and algorithmically predicting what's going to happen based on that. Um, and, and even these things aren't perfect. Um, and uh, he sh- shoves the data over to McCoy, and then uh, everything kind of gets fucked up because I think the next vision Ulysses has is um, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales standing over Captain America, who's you know pretty thoroughly dead, you know, impaled through yeah, the chest at the hands of Miles. Yeah. So um, Miles, you know, predictably freaks out. Uh, Tony 
like you do when you're a teenage kid and somebody's like, well, you're going to kill Captain America. Yeah, Tony predicted also is like, no, there's no way. This kid does not kill uh, uh, Captain America. There's no future in which that's going to happen. And, you know, Danvers is kind of along the lines of, well, we got to be, we got to make sure we got to be safe and blah, blah, blah. Let's take him into protective custody. Yeah. It's not prison if we call it protective custody. Um, And and Tony's going even further down that, no, you're just profiling, you know, and profiling is not, not right. Um, We should mention that the whole thing takes place in DC on the steps of like the Capitol building. Yeah. And so obviously the first thing Miles does is go to DC to the Capitol building to prove to himself and everybody else that's never going to happen yeah um i love that well you know i'm just gonna march right in there yeah i guess if i'm gonna do it i might as well get there now um so you know there's a big avengers fight uh big avengers and humans uh you know in a mix thereof i think it's not a straight up legit cross of the lines you know um but we got a big fight um which is pretty neat uh i will say i really did like the art in this book um the whole series civil war um i really did enjoy the art and the the big avengers fight i uh, think was pretty cool yeah, too. yeah because tony showed up to fight uh carol in yeah. like the Ironmonger suit yeah which yeah <laughs> that that was pretty badass too. yeah um that fight actually was pretty ridiculous as well um uh all that shit goes down at the end um i don't remember what the MacGuffin that essentially stops everything but essentially ulysses basically like a sense like uh he i think that's i think that was a watcher that came and got him yeah i think you're probably right the, yeah. the a watcher came and was like uh you know you're, you're you're one of us now yeah you're too big for this universe uh come come with us so um and they they kind of stop and you know we're left to you know assume where the story may go from there or guess uh, um, yeah, but stark, by then you know three or four books had already come out that tell us so stark stark is in a coma beast was working on him trying to figure out if he could you know make him live and whatnot and mm-hmm um i love it when he was like uh there's some pretty fucked up shit in tony's body like he's been experimenting on himself for a long time and and uh i i think basically beast probably saw the size of tony's dick and was like well that's (laughs) that's got to be a modification yeah that didn't start that way tony let's be honest yeah yeah um you know overall i think that this this story wasn't bad um bendis gets a little ham-fisted for me sometimes he does uh when you know like you can almost there's almost like clear delineations where it's like no i'm going to stop and talk to the audience about whatever cause it is i want to talk he, about he Don't writes miles really well it, but even even but, in, even in the ultimate spider-man and, and and the morales books he does that a little bit and and it's like don't get me wrong i, I agree with what you're saying but I, also kind of we don't really need to shove in the reader's face quite so much uh is he writing for uh the all new x-men that uh, the run that you're reading is he still writing um, for that yes yeah it's a little bit like that too um there uh but anyway um i wish they'd give fraction some big projects again Matt yeah. fraction i really enjoyed i don't know if he's working for marvel at all anymore i think he's doing sex I think, criminals still for i Image, think but bendis is one of those writers that that um most people either love or hate i i do like bendis but um he gets a little ham-fisted with that kind of stuff and like i said don't get me wrong i'm all for advancing social causes and stuff like that especially the ones that bendis has particularly gone after but i kind of feel like you know just stop trying to shove it down my throat so much i feel like smaller doses and or or be gentle rub my shoulders a little bit let it happen naturally it'll be fine Yeah. yeah yeah um so next book we read this week uh was unworthy thor um I, you know, we might have already talked about number one on the show quite a while ago. We 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 mentioned it briefly, and 
Um, for those of you who are not aware of Unworthy Thor, he is Thor Odin's son. Yeah. Um, he has since stopped using the name Thor and just has people He's refer to him son. as Odin's son. Um, because uh, following the events of the last time we actually saw a Watcher for any length of time in a thing was, uh, God, what was it called? Uh, Original Sin. Okay. Um, essentially, somebody killed uh, the Watcher. And stole his eyes, and um, his eyes reveal everything he's ever seen. Um, Thor saw a truth that was hidden from him for a long time, and ever since then, he's been able unable to uh, wield Mjolnir. So, it's not just me that doesn't know what's going on. Then, like nobody does at this point, because it's alluded to um, in in uh, unworthy. Um, he kind of keeps saying there's there's this thing he keeps saying you know I, I was brought low you know essentially by this whisper uh, um the, the you know this whisper of a thing and presumably uh, Thor has learned some great truth about himself or something and uh, I didn't know what it was and I just assumed that was because I I just picked up on where the Thor and not the preceding books. Um, well, this is interesting because part of part of that secret is that he has a sister. Ooh. Um. Do you know who his sister is? Huh. Uh. You read Spawn number nine, right? Yeah. Angela? Yeah. Well, there was a falling out between um, uh, Todd McFarlane and... uh, Fuck, who wrote that one? Uh, Neil Gaiman. Okay. And uh, Neil Gaiman kind of packed up his shit and left. And there was a big lawsuit and Gaiman won the rights to keep uh, Angela. And she's a Marvel character now. And she's part of... uh, the tenth realm, which nobody knew existed, which is basically heaven and whatnot, and and they oh, Odin okay. sealed it to keep the angels at bay years and years ago. But um, he sealed it after they stole his daughter, which is Angela. Okay, wow. So there you go, from Spawn to Thor, and that's so that's part of it. And I'm not sure if that's the entire secret or if I I don't remember because it's been a while since Original Sin was a thing, and I read the whole thing, but it was more of a I. It it feels to me like that can't be the whole of it. That could yeah. certainly be a part. Um, but yeah, the 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 whole shtick is. Um, I think at this point, Thor, who is of course, um, fucking Natalie Portman. I can't remember her <laughs> Jane name. Jane Foster. Jane Foster. Uh, Jane Th- Foster. Thor is currently being played by Natalie Portman, um, and and has the hammer, uh, which you know doesn't really matter because Odin's son can't wield it at this point. Um, so he's off on his own quest to, I don't know, wreck shit and find another hammer, find another hammer. Essentially. <laughs> I guess I can't have that one. I got to go find another one. Well, actually I think what happens is, um, is it a watcher? What's the fucking dude that tells him like there, there's another one. There's another hammer. You got to go get it. Beta Ray Bill. Is it Beta Ray that tells him about that? I know he meets up with Beta Ray and they, they go after well, the, they go, the collector. It's, oh, it's, it's, uh, the collector is, I, I don't think they know that there's another hammer there, until there's a, there's a hooded dude that's, that's like, no, there's another. Mm. Like you need to go look for it. Yeah, maybe I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's the be- begin at the end of. Uh, but I didn't know who that hooded dude was. So I don't know. Maybe that's a watcher. Maybe that's something else. Um, maybe I have to read the first issue again. It shows up. He shows up in the second issue. Um, and okay. they're like, I-, I can't let you see me like this. Uh, he doesn't want to encounter Thor. Oh, that was the third issue. Oh, okay. Well, I did that's read the one third I just one. read. Yeah. So they didn't. Um, that that character did not want. Um. I guess Odin's son to uh, see them at that point. So I'm not sure that that's going to be a watcher then. Cause that's obviously um, somebody Thor's more familiar with. And I get the feeling that watchers aren't exactly on like a first name basis with uh, uh, the rest of the Marvel use. So. Anyone at this point. Cause yeah. there's uh, it's it. Well, the original watcher's dead. Yeah. So, so um, 
But yeah, it's fun. Beta Ray Bill's been a lot of fun because I haven't read him in anything in a long time. No, uh, and I, that's another thing I like about that too. Um, the they they give a little bit touch of backstory for Beta Ray Bill. Um, we, we get to meet Thori, the the Hellhound. Yeah, the Hellhound is <laughs> who awesome. just wants to murder people. Yeah. <laughs> If you let me free, I could murder people for you. <laughs> well, you first meet him because he's trying to convince Thor to put his fingers through the cage so he can eat them. <laughs> it's like all you do is lose fights. You don't need your fingers to lose fights. <laughs> yeah, that 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 psychotic dog has the best lines. Yeah. Um, you know, I said it. Comics. That's how things work. Psychotic dog has best lines and wants to murder people. Um, also, the goat. Can we not? We we can't go without mentioning the goat. Uh, tooth Nasher. Tooth Nasher. Yeah, yeah. Tooth Nasher. It's really funny because when it opens up, the book is like, I used to, you know, flip through the stars and blah, blah, blah with, with the power of Mjolnir. And he's like, now I only get by on goat power. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, goat power? Oh, he's on a flying goat. Okay. Makes sense. And he had two. Yeah. He had two flying goats before, but I don't know what happened to the other one. I don't know. I mean, maybe the dog got him. Maybe. Um. So, yeah, I'm digging on Worthy Thor. I, I want to see where this goes because this the secret's kind of eating at me a little bit. This is only a six-issue run and we're halfway through now, so... Yeah, the, the secret, though, is definitely eating at me a little bit. Um, You know, he keeps mentioning it and I kind of try... I keep... You know, like, it's not like a, a, in Thor the movie, you get a taste of this. Like, he can't lift Mjolnir because he's not worthy because he's a selfish little prick. Um, But Thor's already learned those lessons in, in this book. So it's really interesting, and I, and I want to see where they go. He's unworthy for a different reason. Yeah, he's unworthy for a different reason. And it's not like he's, like, in, in uh, Thor the movie, pretty much the whole time he's like, no, I'm fucking worthy. Give me my fucking hammer back. Um, but in this one, he's like, no, no, it's not. It has nothing to do with anything. I, I'm just, I'm not going to be able to lift, the, lift this because I'm a piece of shit. Um, and, you know, of course, uh, the MacGuffin in this is that uh, the Collector has uh, basically stolen all of Asgard. Or formerly Asgard. Yeah. This is a part I didn't get either. I assume there's been some event where Asgard is now moved or something like that. Um, there was a while when Asgard was actually kind of a city on Earth because they got, I don't know, wrecked. And so... They had to spray for fleas or something. So they all... Something, yeah. yeah they, they were bombing. And, yeah. And uh, they so Asgard cats picked out up and before they yeah. bombed and that was a big deal. There's you Nobody know, wanted to be without their cats. So they just yeah. all moved. But anyway, he's got the whole of Asgard... Uh, um, basically, you know, trapped in his ship. Uh, and the reason he has the whole of Asgard is because a hammer uh, flew from the heavens and, and landed. And of course, nobody can pick it up. Um, you know, because it is essentially another Mjolnir. Yeah. And he goes on about how, like, you know, we've tried everything. We tried magic. I got spell books older than, you know, your father's beard, you know. Uh, and I've, uh, you know, we've tried cranes, technology, uh, robots, everything. Nobody can pick it up. Um, and so the collector's um, kind of fucked up because he he brought that one dude in there and he was like, I'm gonna make this guy try and pick up the hammer if you don't tell me the secret. And Thor's like, There's no fucking secret. Like if you're not worthy, you don't pick it up. Yeah, like that, that's the secret. Be worthy. You yeah. can have it um, if you're worthy. So um, it and the whole book is kind of a cock tease because we never it, Thor keeps going after the hammer, so we keep wondering, is he gonna be able to do it? Is he gonna go pick up the hammer? And then he never actually gets to touch the damn thing. I think we're gonna find out in the next issue. I think we kind of like have it. to. Um. Yeah, I dig it. And the the second hammer is actually a remnant from the um, uh, Secret Wars 2. Because mm. there was uh, uh, Doom actually had a, a whole brigade of Thors. Interesting. That, that did his bidding for him because he was a god. Yeah. Uh, and so this is like leftover from when the realities were fractured and 
intertwined with one another and whatnot. So yeah, that'll be that'll be this strange. one talks about um it's interesting though because unworthy um Odin's son talks about, you know, the wielder of this hammer was every bit the, the Thor that I was. Um uh you know, he's he's basically feeling the ent- energies from proximity and he gets a little bit more of the lightning, you know. He gets he gets to use the thunder. Um you know basically from being in proximity to the hammer so i kind of am leaning towards he's going to be able to lift the hammer yeah. um but i still really want to know what the secret is i you don't know why think... his arm's black right no <laughs> i wondered if i wondered if you knew that because no um, I've, I've not really read any marvel stuff uh you know except for ultimate before this with any sort of um his arm got cut fervor. the fuck off Oh, okay. And it's uh his replacement arm is made of uru metal which is what the weapons of asgard are forged from cool he probably is a hammer and just doesn't know it. That would be funny. That's like Thor. You the just secret. need to find your inner thunder. Yeah, you were the hammer the whole time, buddy. Um, no. <laughs> like I, I almost said, killed Beta Ray Bay for nothing. Yeah, like I said, Marvel, we're available. Yeah, you need writers? We got your back. Yeah. All right, uh, we're gonna go grab one more beer and then we'll come back and talk about Titans and a little bit more about Inhumans versus X Men. We'll do Inhumans X Men first because yeah, we'll keep in, in trend with the Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's stick around with Marvel and talk about Inhumans versus X-Men. Yes, let's. Um, we mentioned Death of X earlier and kind of the, the whole thing behind that with Cyclops being dead and never mind-fucking people and whatnot. Yep. Uh, brief this- remembering um, the Terrigen Mist, which, of course, are the things that... Um, the Terrigen Mist is uh, this thing, sort of alien derivative. It's a cloud. It's a cloud. It's a mist. Um, otherwise, they would call it something else. Um, that sort of floats around, and when it encounters uh, certain humans... Um, with the alien uh, um, inhuman DNA, uh, it transforms them. You know, they go into this metamorphosis like cocoon, come out on the other end with inhuman powers, um, which are varying levels of awesome, basically. Um, yeah. Uh, conversely, though, it sort of fucks up the X Men now. Uh, or, or yeah, really, it doesn't react well with mutants. Yeah. So it, with the mutant gene, you're much more likely to get uh, something called the Mpox. Um, the Mpox is quite often fatal um, or, or very bad. Um, and that's sort of the whole MacGuffin for Death of X. Um, the X Men learn this, take out you know half of the Terrigen Mist. Uh, the Cyclops. In- yeah. Yeah. The Inhumans are pissed because you know no no Miss no more Inhumans that's bad for them and meanwhile the the X Men are you know uh, and and the mutants are getting killed by by the Miss so that that at least is kind of like okay everybody's kind of got a, a horse in this race you know you can see why one one would want to do it one way and one would want to do it the other um, the the real problem is that <clears throat> they're all being dipshits and they should just chill out and let Hank figure it out yes uh sort of. Yeah. So we're going to talk issue zero. I have read number one. I'm going to give Eddie a mild spoiler when we're done. It's just a mild spoiler. It's not going to be. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I'm, first off, I like this book, but uh, this, I'm not really into it, honestly. Read issue one and you will be. Okay, cool. It's, it's uh, like, uh, we'll just say it doesn't take long at all for shit to pick up. In any way, well, it's not even necessarily that it doesn't pick up, but this still feels a little bit like, um, and maybe it's because at this point, um, the X Men are sort of like even more so than they usually are, the scrappy underdog. Like, there's a very small amount of X Men, or in, or not X Men, but mutants, just mutants in general, left mm-hmm. uh, in the world for various reasons. You know, the most of which being that, like Matt said, uh, Marvel's been treating like the, the X Men like their uh, redheaded stepchild for quite a while now. Um, so there's a very small number of mutants left in in the world but um in this book especially in in number zero 
the X-Men really just come off as dicks. Um, maybe not so much with uh, Hank McCoy because Hank McCoy can do no wrong. And he's been living on New Adelan with the Inhumans now for quite some time to yeah. try and study the Terrigen Cloud and everything. But so uh, it's, there was two clouds originally. Um, Cyclops' crew um, managed to destroy one, which is why the Inhumans are all pissed because they're like, well, now there's not this thing. Yeah. Or there's not two of these things anymore. There's only the one. And so they're being all super protective about it and whatnot. Yeah. Um, that's really all there is in issue zero. Issue zero is a lot of exposition, not a lot of actual events happening. No, it's basically just setting up. Um, Emma Frost basically goes out and starts gathering pretty much whoever will listen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the scene where, especially when I'm saying they're being dicks, is like she she goes after um, Magneto. And and get a cool scene there, actually, Magneto balancing this, like, gigantic, you know, hunk of metal uh, on, on a, like, a meter-wide uh, uh, pillar or something. I like love it because she's like, are you just doing this to show off? And he's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he's essentially like, yeah, you know, they needed to know why I'm why I'm the boss around here a little bit. Yeah. And she's like, and are you also doing this in case I piss you off? We can just drop off the edge of the cliff. And he's like, meh, yeah, pretty much. Yep. That's what's happening. Um, uh. So, all right, here's here's where the mild spoiler comes in. So, issue number one um, is Beast finally coming out of his hole cool. and bringing all of the leaders of the different X groups together so that he can explain yeah. that there is no cure for the Impox and that the Terrigen Cloud... No, that's zero. No. Yeah, is there's it? no cure. Yeah, issue zero, uh, Beast comes out and says... Uh, well, and maybe not the whole. He doesn't tell I all think the leaders. He was, I think he, tells he was Medusa. Just, yeah, he was talking to Medusa. This I, is when he, he gathers the 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 leaders of the mutant communities together and and tells them that there's there's not a cure. They're not going to find one. And in addition to that, the Terrigen cloud that exists is starting to lose molecular cohesion. is is going to start spreading. Wow. And so the X Men basically either have to make a decision. They have to a destroy the cloud and ruin any relationship with the Inhumans at all which is already tenuous at best or they just have to leave the planet well and i'll let you read to find out what, what they did decide um I, i'm sure they're just gonna be like yeah well let's just get out of here yeah it makes for yeah, a good story yeah, pretty much yeah it, it, all right it, the end when the heroes run away i think is is really when we see you know the best in, yeah that's in people. that's storytelling gone right so yeah. you know the thing is um i kind of think the inhumans are being a little selfish like just let the cloud go like, the, granted, there will be no more of you, no more superpowered in humans. But on the other hand, uh, it's not exactly like your lineage. You know, like, you're created. It's you're, easy for us to say that because we're X-Men fans and the Inhumans are just kind of this thing that got brought about. Because we needed some substitute because for we the needed X-Men. That yeah. couldn't be mutants. Um, but when you think about it, I was, trying to, I was trying to put myself in a moral position when I was reading this. Um, so, well, that's what I mean, too. It's not just that I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a bigger X-Men fan, because really, as much of a, an X-Men fan as I am, I don't really have that much of a horse in this race. I haven't read a lot of comics here, um, and, I, and I fairly well separate that from the movies and the TV properties and whatever. But, you know, from the moral position of, like, yeah, but you and humans aren't like the X Men have no choice about existing. Like, uh, if this Terrigen cloud goes away, nobody else gets hurt. Uh, you don't lose your powers. Like, there's no real downside for you, except for there's not going to be more of you. Right. With the powers, humans, the Inhumans are 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 less a species and more a subspecies of of humans because they happen to have like Cree DNA or something like that. Yeah, like artificially injected Cree DNA, you know, left over from a, like a millennia ago or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they were they were an experiment at one point and now they're a thing. Um and 
I mean, I get it though. Like as a people, like, do you want to see yourselves no longer exist? Because that's what'll happen over time. Yeah, like slowly but surely, my club is gonna go away. Um, but then you know, put yourself in the mutants' position. They're supposed to be uh, Homo sapiens superior. Yeah. Um, they're they're supposed to be the next evolution of mankind, and all of a sudden, there's like you know, fifty of you left. Yeah. So it's tough because like either either way condemns one over the other. See, but not exactly. Like I, I mean, it it, it den- denies the continuation of Inhumans, um, but nobody dies there. Um, the X Men straight up die. Like, yeah, it, it, if things don't go their way, they die. So, like, I have a lot more of an empathy towards them because they're not choosing, um, like their club disbanding. Like, don't get me wrong, it's a it's a cool club. Don't want it to go away necessarily. It's kind of no. sad that it does, but it's not like their club disbands. It's like they die. So yeah. uh, I kind of, you know, I kind of feel no. like from a moral standpoint that, that it's a fairly easy choice. But of course, you know, I'm not actually a character in the thing. And if I were a character, I'd probably have a little bit more of a horse in the race and I'd well, probably feel different. And so. I'm, I'm with you on that, too. I just wanted to I'm, I was trying to take like the devil's advocate, because obviously, like if I had to pick between there's never going to be any humans comic again or there's never going to be X-Men comics again. Oh, yeah, I want easy my fucking choice. X-Men. Yeah, no, no so, question. That's um, uh, just the way it is. So, yeah, Inhumans versus X-Men, um, not bad so far. It, it is a little bit of a slow-moving book, and that's fine. It's a zero issue. Um, and when you read number one, you're going to like it. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I, I, so. got, you know, I got time. I'll read number one tonight or tomorrow probably. Yeah. Um, okay, so last book on our list this, this night, and to close out the show, we're going to talk about Titans. Not Teen uh. Titans, the Titans book. This is issue number five, I think. This is the culmination of uh, the storyline in which Abracadabra... Um, or is it just Cadabra? Cadabra. Cadabra. I think it's both. I think. Whatever. I think. Yeah. Cadabra, uh, a time traveling villain from the future who has, uh, you know, presumably magic, probably sufficiently advanced technology uh, for all you Arthur C. Clarke fans, but um, uh, magic essentially. And he's done a couple of things. So number one is he's gotten this weird sort of uh, Mexican standoff going with Wally West in which uh, basically two of the other Titans, uh, so there's six of them, two of the other Titans stuck at each of the different areas. No. Two, four, five. How many do we got? We have Linda Park Linda's one. one. And then... The other one is like Donna and... Uh, Garth. Garth. The other one is Arsenal and... Starfire? No, Starfire's not there. No. Who's the other uh, one? Who's the psionic reader. chick? Yeah. I don't remember her name. Yeah, I don't either. I just um, read that fucking book like an hour ago well maybe. Uh, yeah and mine okay. was maybe it was an two hour hours and a half. ago but okay so anyway <laughs> we get this weird mexican standoff on like one side of the country we've got uh, oh the other thing i should mention is that cadabra has um uh basically enchanted these uh marionettes to, uh, with the younger versions of all of the the titans so we get basically the teen titans except for decidedly a little bit more evil um and trying to kill the others decidedly um, yeah so uh in each of these situations, basically, two of our heroes, uh, two of the Titans, are, are um, caught up and seconds away from death. Um, and they're on kind of different sides of the country. Um, and the Flash, you know, not the Flash, I should say, Kid Flash. No, I guess we're just calling him the Flash. He's the Flash. He's yeah. the Flash. He's not Kid Flash anymore. Yeah, Wally West um, has to decide who he's going to save. And so he decides, fuck your rules, I'm doing it all. Yep. Um, uh, basically, and this was Cadaver's plan. He wanted to to put Wally in in a in a position where he uh, an impossible has position. To, 
run so fast that the speed force absorbs him to save everybody, which of course he does. Yeah, Kadabra actually wins either way because he he either wants the Flash to fail and you know that to be a big big publicized event, like in in the middle of this, uh, Kadabra you know basically hijacks a TV everywhere and you know billboards and what have you and and you know shows the Flash trying to save all of his friends. Um, so there's the one outcome where he fails and his friends die and the flash is a big giant loser in Kadabra's mind. Nobody's going to be like, Oh, you killed his friends. Good job, buddy. Um, yeah. but anyway, the other outcome is, uh, Bar- um, uh, not Barry fuck, uh, Wally, Wally runs so fast that he gets absorbed back into the speed force again and is trapped there. The, the, the crux of the situation too, is that, um, Wally's lightning rod, uh, to reality has always been he and Linda's relationship and their love for one another. Yeah, so this isn't the first time that Wally's gotten trapped in the Speed Force and the way he's no, gotten out he's kind of is... a fucking loose cannon when it comes to the Speed Force. No, it, like from the beginning, it's like, I'm going to go as fast as I can. Let's see how fast I can go. And of course, he runs right into the Speed Force and gets stuck. And the way his his way out, um, which you're talking about, is Linda. Yeah, uh, only he doesn't have that now because in this reality, Linda doesn't really know him. And... Uh, so it, it kind of puts him in a position where he's where he's trapped. Uh, it's sort of odd because, like, I get the feeling it's got to be, like, a mutual thing. Um, Like, if Linda loved him back, maybe he'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this Linda doesn't even know him, um, which is a little sad uh, for, for Wally West readers. And presumably they're going to get there eventually. But, um, so, yeah, he's just kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say one thing. Yeah. Run, Wally. Run. Yeah. Wasn't, uh, that, wasn't that perfect? Like, that's kind of been, like, the the theme of the, the, the Barry Allen TV show. Yeah. You know, and then, like, to have that in the comic book and, and, and being used in a way that actually means exactly what it's supposed to mean. See, that's what I was impressed with about... One of the things that I was impressed about, with about this issue is that the, he they really do manage to convey that heart... Um, yeah, that's something that I think both Barry and Wally share. Um, but th- that's Wally's thing, especially in this book. Like, it, it, this happens all in the space of six seconds. Wally runs across the coast, you know, like twice or something like that. And I'm sure math nerds are gonna be like, "Well, the you know potential energy that he released alone is probably should have uh, you know annihilated the eastern seaboard or whatever." But, um, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking comics. about fucking speed force shit. Yeah, speed force, uh, speed force, motherfuckers. Uh, so he's in the space of the six seconds that he's running across the nation, you know, saving his friends, which also is a really well-drawn scene. And I really enjoyed, uh, uh, you know, the art piece of this and seeing how that plays out. Um, he's also deciding like, like I'm probably like in order to do this, I'm going to eventually get sucked into the speed force. Like that's the only way this is going to happen. Like, he seems really relatively confident that he can do it, which is funny because Cadabra doesn't necessarily. He he kind of thinks that, or it's kind of led to believe that um, he's going to fail. I think Cadabra thinks that he won't do it yeah. because he 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 doesn't want to lose himself in the Speed Force again, which is which is bullshit because he knows what a hero yeah Wally is, and that's what Wally is like for sure. Balls out, he's going to save people. Yeah, definitely. And especially, like, literally the closest people to him. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, the only way I think they could have put more on the line would be if, like, Barry showed up and somehow got sucked into this somehow. Um, but, you know, that wouldn't have worked. Anyway. Um, yeah, if Barry showed up, they could have just saved everybody without. Yeah. Anything He'd have been like, happening. well, I got this side, you got that side. Cool. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, Which, I mean, get a communicator, man. They really do need it. Like, 
because because you know if they, with the right signal like barry could have been over there before half of this was even over yeah um so yeah the the way that this is drawn is all really cool and interesting um but i liked i liked that aspect of it like the heart in this book like i, I really felt that and especially that's one of the things that's cool bring, about bringing wally back is we, you know we miss this you know like if you especially if you've been a huge flash fan um this is why you probably love the character one of the reasons you love the character so i like that they they uh in the titans book they're making it a little wally centric and uh that this is one of the you know stories we got to open with um that's i think a good reintroduction to uh um wally so uh yeah saves everybody gets stuck into the speed force and meets up linda i think that was linda right yeah, Linda was there. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was the version of Linda that he remembers. Yeah, from his his previous reality, which I think is like a speed force projection or some shit like that. Yeah, um, yeah, probably. I mean, this this almost kind of was the Kevin Smith written episode, the the Good Dinosaur from season one of the Flash or season two of the Flash. I mean. It was a little bit like it felt a little bit like that. Yeah, uh, which way. wasn't a bad thing. Yeah, definitely wasn't a bad thing, and. uh Fuck, I really there's not a lot you can say about the Flash uh in in terms of of like you said being a comic book that conveys heart. Yeah. It's it's really pretty fucking amazing. Uh yeah, no, I when it does when it does it does it so well. Um like they're really sympathetic heroes in in that uh you know for both of the speedsters uh both barry and wally um you know there's other speedsters but the the two that we probably think about most is the flash um because they are uh i love the way that they do that like this book manages to take you know the fastest man alive you know i got these powers that are absolutely beyond ridiculous and you know here's what i can do with them um and and still manages to push that uh so like i like that feeling of it too like wally's running balls out like he says something like um as he's you know racing across the country trying to save his friends uh he's being taunted by uh cadabra and he, he he wants to tell him to shut up or something and he's like, no, I can't because, you know, I, I, I need that extra picosecond uh, that if I open my mouth, you know, I would lose from the drag on, on that. So, yeah, um, like I, I like that aspect of like, even though he's got these powers that are beyond belief, um, he's still got to push himself a little bit, which, you know, Superman does that every once in a while. But it's kind of getting ridiculous at this point with Superman. Like when you can go move shit around in the core of the earth or whatever, or just kind of casually knock the moon out of the way. Um, it, it gets a little bit harder to believe that you really ever have to strain yourself. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but I still get that a little bit from the flash, even though that they've got these, you know, absolutely ridiculously, uh, powerful abilities. So, uh, yeah. And the Wally West character is, is a character that I, I'm always going to feel for a little bit anyway, because I mean, Barry Allen was the flash for years. Yeah. Wally was kid flash for years. 1985 crisis on infinite earth comes around. Barry dies. Wally takes up the mantle as a flash and is the flash that people know from 1985 clear up until uh, 2011, 2011. Is that when that's that one? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's a long time. That's a long time to throw away. I mean, we got 16 it's, years of continuity. Yeah, Wally's like, the flash, you and, know? And so we had two flashes for a while. There With was the flash rebirth. Yeah. There yeah. was still Wally and, and whatnot, but then all of a sudden the new 52 happens and there's like, ah, fuck Wally. There's like no Wally at first, and then we meet the new Wally, and he's cool and all. And I'm like, oh, they're they're okay. This was a good way to take this direction. I mean, if they're, I mean, 
because we've seen this happen before where like they're like okay let's take this this character um and let's diversify him a little bit so now this guy's black okay not a huge deal didn't care not even just diversify him a little bit like they, they just sort of um you know when it really comes down to it wally west that we see like wally west you know especially i'm thinking of the the, the flash tv show um that that wally west they're not really altogether dissimilar um so the new 52 was kind of trying to morph them and they're like, Oh, we're going to adapt this character. And it's the same thing essentially, but you know, we're going to change it. We're going to make him, you know, they, they are obviously deliberately going for diversity and, and changing the color of the character, but, um, still not Wally West. Yeah. Well, I didn't care either. I was just like, Oh, okay. And like, cause this was a good way to, uh, to bring Wally back into the equation. He's, different than what we knew but he's also young enough again now that he can be kid flash again right yeah i think that's why if you were okay with that move i think a lot of for a lot of people that's why you're okay with it because you get a kid flash now i liked the wally west as the flash though i i missed that because that was my flash as a as a, a younger comic book reader and whatnot but i didn't mind because i'm like okay they're still trying to keep this character alive in some way and then all of a sudden johns does dc uh, dc universe rebirth and then now we have this wally back with a reasonable explanation as to how there's two Wallies because mm-hmm. they're actually from different parts of the West family. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm like, fuck, I really did miss this guy a yeah. lot. No. So I'm not a Wally flash fan. Um, in that I didn't read that. Like, that's not my flash, you know, really when it comes down to it, none of them are really my flash. I wasn't heavily into comics as a kid or anything. Barry's like that. pretty much your Flash at this point because by the time you kind of got really into it, yeah, he's the back. Flash TV show was mm-hmm. was my 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 exposure to the Flash. Your, your gateway Flash. The 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 New Fifty Two Flash actually was probably the one that I read more than the others. Um, and of course, I've read Flash Rebirth and Flash Rebirth, um, oh, Flashpoint too. Uh, th- those are you know Barry Allen stories, and I really enjoyed all of those. So Barry Allen was kind of more my flash, and uh, and you know I was familiar with Wally West and all that stuff as in uh, new Wally West. Um, so I didn't know what I was missing, and then the the old Wally West shows up, and it's like oh yeah, this is actually like I'm really glad to see this guy back in action. Like and then of course thinking about the history of it of like you know for 16 years or something like that. No, that's not even close to correct. Uh, that would be you know 20 something years. Um. Why can't I do math? 85 to 2011. Yeah, 26 years-ish. Yeah. Uh, that That is the Flash. Um, uh, that actually kind of adds to the, the thing for me, I think. Um, I'm happy to see that back because, for like you said, for a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people, especially around our age growing up, that is their Flash. Yeah. I mean, I was born in 78, so I was seven when Crisis happened. Yeah, I mean, I was two. But. I wasn't reading comic books regularly at that point. Like, I had some comic books that I'd gotten from my uncle because my uncle had boxes of them, you know, and whatnot. Um, but they were old. They were, like, from the 60s and shit. And most of them, like, it's weird. Uh, he had some good issues with the X-Men. Yeah. And then a lot of the other stuff that was up there was, like, uh, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. <laughs> you know, shit like that. That's funny. Um, which I've still got all in a box. I've got them, like. Oh, awesome! Yeah, you, you should go like check out eBay or something. No, like they're they're not they're anything. not in good shape in any oh, way, shape, or form. A lot of them didn't have covers by the time I came around. You know what gotcha. I mean? So, um, but just to have them because I'm that's that's me. Like I'm a purist. I'm like, yeah, you want to so. keep those things. They're they're still a they're still a, a keepsake, a, a relic, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's 
it's weird because I didn't have Barry, but at the same time, I had read Crisis, and so Barry was an important question. You know, he was an important character to me. I, I didn't read it until like you know 1990 or yeah. whenever, but I read it, and I was like, man, that's really fucking cool. Like, I I knew who Barry was, like you do, especially when you're a teenager and you pick up Wizard magazine every month at your comic shop and all that good stuff. But yep. Uh, but my flash was Wally West because that's the flash that I grew up knowing about. And, uh, it was weird for me. (laughs) It was weird for me because I knew that Barry and, uh, Hal teamed up a lot. Yeah. At, you know, Green Lantern Hal. And then when Barry died, then Wally and Hal teamed up sometimes. And it was a different dynamic. It was like, you know, getting their feet wet for the first time and trying to, learn how to how to develop this relationship that that uh, gl had with a previous flash and then all of a sudden Hal was no longer green lantern Mm -hmm. we had kyle and then they had to get to know each other all over again i'm like man this just (laughs) this is like a never-ending cycle you know and it still kind of is like there's there's probably a future coming uh soon you know sooner than we would think anyway um where you know barry's not in the picture for a while or wally's not in the picture for a while or even new wally's not in the picture for a while and then of course they'll be brought back for by some event because you know it's funny because we're talking about wally they did the same thing with barry allen like uh like there's a sizable period of uh, of time where you you probably grew up with barry allen as your flash and he was gone for 20 something years and uh you know so that's a big deal when you when he finally came back and that really felt earned uh as well so um i don't know i'm not sure how how much of that we're gonna get so soon it it, i get the feeling that comic fans these days aren't as likely to uh enjoy that type of thing but i don't know this is just me this is funny because we talked about this earlier and how comic book characters don't die for long periods of time generally but then we just talked about barry allen being gone for 26 years i don't think marvel has the balls to keep wolverine dead for 26 years you know uh, maybe maybe xavier i don't know you 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 can maybe get away with doing that with with chuck see here's the thing um but he's still kind of alive because the red skull has chuck's brain on 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 a small scale, uh, what really sells books is the Flash. Um, not necessarily who's playing the Flash; it's the Flash that sells books. And I think the same is uh, kind of true. Like X Men sells books; it's not necessarily Xavier that sells books. But Wolverine at this point is his own thing. Like I don't think they can keep Wolverine dead for as long because Wolverine sells books, and I'm talking about Logan. Uh, I, uh, I, sells I books. almost half believe that they would have brought Wolverine back in his in his original form already if not for the fact that i think marvel and fox have gotten over whatever their fucking bullshit was to the point where old man logan in a comic book is probably going to help sell tickets to that movie and that movie for people that don't read comic books is probably going to have some people go out and pick up some issues of of wolverine and they're going to see what they just saw on the screen in in the version of this this older uh yeah. wizened so to speak wolverine I think you're probably at least a little bit correct, or maybe they're waiting for uh, them to kill uh, Hugh Jackman so that they can bring back. That's uh, that's Wolverine. the that's the thing too is like, you know, you might as well not because if they're not going to have Hugh Jackman play Wolverine in the movies anymore, that's a huge fucking hit to Fox because I, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter. Laura Kinney could be the best character that we've seen on a Fox. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not comic Logan book is the thing. Yeah, and it's not going to sell tickets the way Hugh Jackman did. 
Well, yeah, and, and I mean, Hugh Jackman, I think at this point, is a draw on himself, but originally it would have just been Wolverine. You wanted to go see Wolverine, uh, Logan on the screen. Um, in the same way that, you know, there's a reason why we got Thor, as in Thor Odin's son, in, in, on the screen, and not uh, um, um, uh, Jane Foster's Thor. Um, of course, at that time, there's, they hadn't been invented, but there's other characters like that. Like, well, there's, we were talking there's about a reason that Fox had Wolverine in the initial movie and not just the original five like we didn't see angel until that fucking abortion of a of a movie in the third the one. third one yeah um you didn't see beast until yeah. that movie you know um but like those were the originals were scott gene bobby beast and uh um angel angel but so, whose name i can't remember yeah warren warren there you go um yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I think that uh, Wolverine, uh, um, as in uh, Hugh Jackman passing on the claws, it, it get, lends more to the idea of getting um, Wolverine back in the comics for a little bit. Um, because really, let's be honest, I don't think if you're Fox, you you can even have any hope of doing another um, you know Logan Wolverine, another version of 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 Logan, until at least 2020. Like. You gotta let this one rest for a while um, before you even think about rebooting uh, Logan. Obviously, they're gonna do some X twenty three stuff. At least I think that's obvious at this point. But people are gonna want their Wolverine back. Like I'm just well, saying, there, there's no way that they're not gonna want that. And I've already noticed in the comic books that they're starting to use Laura Kenny a lot, like they were using Wolverine, where like she's just in all these different places all the time, and yeah. there's no possible fucking way they could do it. And here's what bothers me about that. It's a real fucking simple thing to say this book takes place months before this book. Yeah. And the onset. I just get the feeling that they don't think about that. They're just like, eh, throw her in that. Which is too bad because if <sighs> go back, go back and read anything that happened in, in Marvel Comics in like 1994 to 1998. There isn't anything that happens in one book that doesn't have some kind of uh, ramification or. Or um, justification or anything like that in a in a different book. Like Wolverine wasn't in six places at the same time. Like there wasn't six books that came out in that month that had Wolverine in them for whatever. Yeah, like reason. they could use you a know? staff meeting or something like that to sort that shit out once a month it, or something like that. It's just ridiculous how they do that, and it's not just. I mean, honestly, DC's almost better about it now than uh, than Marvel, and that that didn't used to be the case. Marvel used to be like the be all end all of comic book continuity. Like if you wanted to read stories where, you know, the human torch could be in Spider-Man and Spider-Man could be in whatever on any given month, like that was Marvel because they just, they were so fucking well put together at that point in time that they didn't have two stories that were happening at the same time that involved all the same characters. They just didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, DC was a fucking mess for a long time, but I think even they've sorted their shit out quite a bit. Like the only thing that bothers me is the whole Batman and detective comics and Superman and action comics because they're, it's like reading concurrent stories. Um, yeah. They're different stories. It's weird. Cause it's different stories. Like they'll have arcs going at the same time, but they do cross over a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, that's the only thing that bothers me about that a little bit is, is it's just it's like, like they each operate on 36 hour days or something like that. Like take, take detective detective is one of my favorite books that DC's doing right now because it's Batman. It's the bat team. Yeah. And, We've only had a couple instances where some of those characters have have kind of crossed over into the actual Batman book because Batman is so up its own ass sometimes about just being Batman. 
Yeah. <laughs> that, that it it they're just like, well, what do you mean? There's all these other characters. No, there's Batman. Yeah. So, so first off, that doesn't bother me. I like that there's a Batman book. Um, but you know, I don't know. It, I do too. It, it could use a mention a every now. And, yeah, you can make a reference. It can, like it could use a mention. You'd be like, well, last week when I was in Santa Prisca. Yeah. Just. That's toss all you a, toss do. a line or two in there. And then you know what? Help you get to here. put a little box in there that says, see Batman number 12. Yeah. You know? You sell more, book that, you sell more books. Come on. That's, that's how people get into comic books. At least that's how they used to. Like, so, I know if I bought, like, Iron Man as a kid and I was reading it and it was like, oh, these events happened in, like, Fantastic Four. I was like, well, I got to go fucking get that book. Yeah, me too. So. Except for I was always usually just sad, like, I'm out of money now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and there was no Google. There was no like. I'll I'll just go read the wiki on that. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Uh, I think that's the show for this week. Um, if you like this shit, if you want to tell us what we did wrong, right, and so on, if you want to hear us talk about your favorite book, um, you can go on Twitter and tell us about it uh, at whatever show. Yeah, Facebook dot com slash whatever show. Yeah, we definitely follow up on both of those quite a lot. So uh, just you know, hit us up. Yeah. If you um, look at our Facebook page. On the messages, it says, usually responds within a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because the last person that responded did so in the middle of the night. And, like, the next morning I was like, wait, somebody talked to us? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can also, uh, you know, just use this old-fashioned email. I guess only old people use email these days. Um, Is that I, weird? That's what I'm told. Um, Should we give a physical address, too? They can, yeah. like... Our up. P.O. Box. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but we're questions at whatever.co if you're interested in doing it that way. If you want to pay us money to sponsors. hawk your shit. Yeah. Sponsors. At whatever.co. Yeah. Um, we, we are a bastard of morality here, so of course we won't sell your product if we don't. Agree. No, we'll, we'll do it. We like money. Yeah, we, I mean, if you pay us. Yeah. Basically, if you pay us. Yeah. Everybody has a price. Ours is lower than average, probably. Um, if you're a porn dungeon. And oh. your traffic has slowed down a little bit. You pay us, and we'll talk about you on the show. We will also. I'm just saying, we'll probably drive a lot of clicks. Yeah. Um. That's the show, guys. Uh, <laughs> check us out next week. Uh. Yeah. Bye. Porn dungeon at whatever show.co. <laughs>